Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net. What's up, everyone? Freddy the Pizza Man here, host of the Pizza Man podcast. Now joining forces with ChristopherMedia.net. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, the Pizza Man podcast. And, of course, find all the podcasts on ChristopherMedia.net. We talk Detroit sports. I bring on guests, uh, passions, opinions, uh, all for Detroit sports, and more. We even talk pizza. So thanks for tuning in and uh, spread the word. From Asmic Core Studios near Detroit, Michigan, it's unregimented. Gangsters, what's up, guys? And now, here are your hosts. Welcome to Unregimented number 241. I'm Chris. I'm Aaron. I'm Rich. And I'm Todd. Hi. And welcome. Here we are again. Another familiar conversation. We'll start the show. I wish Outside, something, it's America. I wish something Vito. would have happened this week. Something interesting would have happened this week, so we would have something to talk about. Oh, <laughs> oh God, nothing, right? I know, right? <laughs> we don't have a list that's like 10 things long. No. Yeah, usually we sit down and we're like, okay, there was this and this and this. Anything else? We sit there and think for a couple of minutes. Oh, yeah. And we ask the question today, and it's like this, 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 this. Oh, Aaron, is this new shotgun territory? Yes, it is. <laughs> Pack it up. Get ready to take one to the face. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wait. I think I used the wrong metaphor for what we're starting off with. But whatever. Who gives a fuck? Oh, yeah. Well, okay, so... so the- I, we don't know anything about the situation, right? Yeah, we're recording this in the day that uh, there's a, a shooter in Annapolis, right? At yeah, a, a newspaper, is this right? Five, five hours ago, yeah, the Gazette something or other. It's a really old, small-town newspaper. It's not known for anything like the Washington Post or anything like that. It's just a really tiny publication. It's been around for a really long time. Right. So, okay, I mean, let's go ahead and speculate since we're not news, right? <laughs> Well, the news is, is speculating you, while, while saying, well, we can't really speculate. They put everything uh, right. out there from a gun nutter to blaming Trump uh, because of the fake news rhetoric. Are you responsible, Mr. Trump? For blah, 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 right. blah. They don't have well, any clue. I think Occam's Razor would say this is some freak who was you know, probably rejected in some way or is mad. He's trying to get back at an old boss or something like that. This is right. most likely just... It seems kind of harsh to say it this way, but it's a normal workplace shooting. You know? Well, <laughs> the guy, happens, apparently. what they do know was a white male. They've released uh-huh. that much, and he went out in there with a long gun. So I'm assuming like a shotgun or a rifle, something like that. It wasn't, you know, like an AR. I don't think it was an AR-14 or uh, uh-huh. yeah, multiple handguns. It was a long gun. And something where he blew out the window first. Yeah. So it doesn't sound like the guy put a lot of thought, put a lot of money and planning into it. I, I heard a rumor that there may have been an explosive device that was found or may have been found or whatever, but nothing substantiated. So it just, you know, it could be anything. The, the, the surface details sound like the guy was pissed off at something or someone, had a gun sitting on the, maybe in the, in the back window of the pickup truck and right. decided to go in and shoot some people. Could be just that simple. We don't know. Right. And, 
is that true, Chad? You were saying before that we started recording that someone from CNN asked the president if he felt responsible. It was fucking ridiculous. Now, because this, of his rhetoric? This is put in the context of CNN <clears throat> trying to sound like they're a legitimate news organization, which sometimes they succeed and sometimes they fail. To me, uh-huh. they failed today because they're always saying, well, we can't really speculate about this. We really don't know, but, right. but, but. Right. And so well, they, they do it in the same breath. It's like, right, we have exactly. no idea. Like, this could be anything. And then they but, start to list well, all those things. Let's speculate anyway. And what happened was they didn't have any information. Donald Trump obviously isn't going to, you know, uh, answer a lot of questions on any of this uh, because of who he is, the political climate, the pro-gun debate, and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, so what they did was they got Plus it a, wasn't a black man or an immigrant. Right. <laughs> it was a white guy. And so what they did, they decided to use, <clears throat> I don't know if it's B-roll. You guys all went to specs. I'm trying to, it wasn't really B-roll. It was, they had their cameras going. Doc footage? And decided, oh. huh? No, no, no. No, no, they, no. Okay, I see what you're getting at. They had their cameras running and decided since they didn't have a sound clip from Trump, they would make themselves the subject of the video clip. Make their own sound bites. Exactly. And that's exactly what they're doing. That's, that's exactly it. They're yelling these questions, these speculative questions. So, Mr. Trump, do you think you're responsible? Do you think your fake news rhetoric is causing any of this? Do you think this is a ratcheting up that you cause? And blah, 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 blah. So, in the context of we can't speculate, they run about 30 seconds of reporters screaming borderline accusations at Trump while he just sort of doesn't say anything. And it... Again, this isn't directed at Trump. This, this isn't put together to make Donald sit here and think to himself, gee, perhaps I was a complicit in some way. I'll go home and I'll reflect. No, it's for the, for the idiots at home who are listening to it. They're planting a seed because they're a news organization. They're CNN. They're part of the fake news trope, right? And this is their way to defend themselves and plant seeds in the viewer, listener, whoever's brains are going to consume this stuff to say, hey, look, look what he's doing. Look at what he's doing by attacking us. It was one of the most ridiculous things I've ever seen. And this is in the context, the fucking context of saying, well, we really don't know anything. We really can't speculate. But here you go. Here's us speculating. And how the hell? And it's amazing that right, anybody but, could ever, just one more And point. that question, yes. like, one more like point. he's going to say yes? The last thing that I'm going to say, how... Is it that anybody can sit here and question how the fake news trope doesn't have legs when you operate and function in such an irresponsible way? Well, it's we've seen it this week with the whole red hen thing too. Kind of tying the two together with it, it seems like the tactic now is push back harder <laughs> instead bilater- of say yes. That's exactly right. A bilateral yes. extremist radicalization. How's it going for you? By it's, the way, left. It's gonna, how's, it's, it, how's it working for you? Not real well. <laughs> you haven't had Congress for eight years. You, you lost the White House two years ago. You have midterms nobody, coming up. And nobody's coming to your side. It's not, it's not convincing anyone of anything. You're seeing the party splinter this week. You, you got Maxine Waters out there talking about if you see members of this administration in public push back against them, but then Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi going, hey, wait a minute, uh... Let's not stoop to their level. You know, hey, basically, yeah. hey, let's, chill, let's chill the fuck well, out. Well, Maxine Waters is crazy. I mean, we know that, right? I yeah, really she's like, like a little Roseanne, isn't she? But she, but see, my opinion on this is that if, if you truly believe that what these 
people are doing to your country is wrong and you believe that the system is broken, then yeah, I'd say it is your responsibility to fight back in any way that you can. Mm-hmm. But it's not Maxine, it's Water, Maxine Waters' job. But here's, here's right? the problem. The problem with that, 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 that thesis is you're right if there is a solid, determinable sense of wrong, for one thing. If you can legitimately label something as wrong and, and this is the key uh, part, and no, hold on. I, yeah. I, I'm with you there. The, the key part is you're not offering an alternative that's worse, that you're not engaging in the same extremism you, you presume to condemn. With your activism, because it's and not active, it's not activism, guys. It, it, it's, not. it's it's pure pettiness, and it's all it is. It's 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 just who can be more petty, and and that's all they care about. If you look at anybody who's commented on this shit on any story, go to the comment section, and it's just what about ism? It's just oh. So it's okay that they, you won't bake a cake for gay people, which, first of all, isn't even the facts of the situation. Yeah. It's all I've Se- seen this week is whataboutism. Second it's literally of all, all I've seen. Second right. of all, you – this is – okay, the Democrats are supposed to be the party of, you know, well, let's protect people and let's – you know, and this and that. And, 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 and what is it? Oh, like I, they come up with so many new terms for this shit. Uh, at-risk people, blah, 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 whatever. Now, didn't we sit here like a year ago, give or take, and talk about some nutbag Democrat shooting up a Republican softball game? Mm-hmm. And do you think if the, if the situation was reversed and Mitch McConnell's tortoise-looking ass got out there and started ejaculating the nonsense that Maxine Waters did into a microphone, saying basically stalk anyone from the opposing party you don't like, go to their house, disrupt their lives, that, that, that the media would not have connected those two so quick that when they slammed together, a whole new universe would have been created. I mean, come the fuck on. It's just bullshit. It's pettiness. And it's just... It's, I'm, it, but what people can't see it. People can't see it in themselves. No, they it's, see it. They don't care, man. No, they, they don't. don't they don't. They don't see it in themselves. I swear to God, man. I believe that. I don't think they do see it in themselves. I think all they think they're doing when they engage in this whataboutism bullshit is exposing hypocrisy. But they have a blind eye to their own. They don't see the re- reflection in the mirror. So it's really easy to see somebody else doing this. Somebody you hate and somebody you think is evil and wrong and immoral. You know the other. But you cannot, the, 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 the one side can't see it in themselves, and this works both ways. That's why you get this. That's why you get this whataboutism. It goes back and fucking forth, well, like a ping pong ball. Well, what about it? <laughs> because what does, what makes the, what, what's different between the, the guy who wouldn't make the cake for the gay couple and the woman who didn't want to serve Sarah Sanders? They're both wrong and they're both right. That's the difference. The difference, the difference is the right wants to defend the guy. The guy's right, not to right. Congratulations and put and and whatever and put two and put two men on top of a cake as a as a, as a topper for a wedding cake. And they want to condemn this shit happened at the red was it red hen? Yeah. And the left left wants to condemn the guy who wouldn't bake the cake, which isn't the facts. But when, don't let facts get in the way of a good fucking outrage. 
Right. Yeah, he wouldn't and decorate it, the cake. He debate, he just sold it to him. And they and they and they wanna they wanna hold up, you know, this manager of this restaurant as the second coming of Christ if they believed in him. Right. So it, it's just bullshit. So it's what it, what it boils down to is each side will condemn the, the, the discriminatory act that they disapprove of that was sort of um I don't know, uh, committed against their guy. They'll condemn right. that, but they will not condemn the guy doing it to the people that they disapprove of. Right. The difference is what team somebody has chosen it's, on that's this all, issue. But all it is. Yeah. But are, so are we in agreement then that there is no core difference between these are just people who are choosing not to do business with people that they disagree with? Right. Pretty much. Yeah, I think so. And and it comes down to a philosophical, you know, how do you, how do you view government? How do you view society? Do you think that a, a business owner, a private business owner, I don't think the red hen, I've never heard of it. So I'm assuming it's not a chain. And this uh, baker uh, guy who wouldn't decorate a cake. Do you mm-hmm. think that they should be compelled to engage in business with people they choose not to? And if you think they, if you think they should be compelled that's a whole different discussion. Personally, I don't think they sh- anybody should be compelled to do business with anyone they don't want to. Don't but if we're going to have that, then it has to be across the board. Exactly. Not no special set-asides. Not no people coming in like, oh, my pronouns. Exactly. And all this bullshit. I don't want to hear right. about it. I don't, I don't want to fucking hear about it. Yeah, and, and that's, well, that's the problem that we've got because it's, it's okay to engage. The, the problem that we have is that people are using the whataboutism to sort of uh, condone their own deplorable behavior. It's like a four-year-old. Well, Johnny's mom lets him do it. What do you tell the four-year-old that says that? Well, we don't fucking do that. You're better than Johnny. But if you don't behave that way, then you are no better than Johnny and his family, right? True. What were you going to say, Aaron? I was just thinking, like, what would I do in that situation? You know, if if I was a business owner and I had to do business with somebody that I thought was... Let's just call it bad for this country as a general term. In your opinion. Right. In my personal opinion, what they're doing is immoral, wrong, or, or they're hurting this country, or they're you know, hurting mm-hmm. our culture, whatever. And you know, I, I think I would have a sour taste in my mouth, but I'd probably bite my tongue. And I'd take, take the money. I'd take their money, yeah. But – as long but, as they didn't engage they, in, you know, faggotry or political punditry at the table. Right. It, I, don't, I don't care what you're doing in my restaurant as long as you're paying me. And if you're not engaging in this stuff while you're at my establishment, what do I care? Give me your money. Well, right. But the, the restaurant is a little different, isn't it? You know, it's one thing if I own, like, a shop and someone comes in, buys something, I take their money, they leave, Right. Right. They come and sit down at your restaurant, they hang out, and now you're waiting on them. You are serving them, right? You are subservient to them. That's that, what you, really that's, stick, that really sticks in their craw. I think well, that's, that's what you're in business for. Sure. Yeah, no, I, I, I absolutely agree. And I, you know, look, you, you said it at the beginning of this, you know, they're both right and they're both wrong, right? And right. I think what you mean, if I was to put words in your mouth, is that they are right from a personal freedom aspect they are totally free to do that and they're wrong from if you're a business owner and this is how you conduct your business good luck yeah well moral i i think i maybe i'm i I was sort of projecting a moral judgment on him for it because again i don't think sarah sanders was at the red hand holding court i think she was there having food 
Well, right. Here's here's now uh, here's where we get into the unfortunate alternate facts, fake news level bu- of bullshit with this. Depends on depends on what story you believe. But I've read multiple articles that say once they told her she wasn't going to be served, she left. Yeah. The people she was with, some of whom were her family, went across the street. And people from the Red Hand followed them to the restaurant across the street and basically made it impossible for them to even be in that restaurant by yelling, yeah. chanting, whatever, and ran I, them off even though she wasn't there anymore. Right. And it was uh, that was the same thing they did to the uh, the, Swede, uh, the Scandinavian woman. I forget her name. The DHS, not DHS, uh, Health and Human. Who's the, the woman that got berated at the restaurant it, basically, the mob congregated around her, the administration official, and she had to leave. Uh, oh, uh, uh, the one with the silent J in her name? Yeah, the Scandinavian name. I, I, I forget. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Carson Carlson's name. Kristen? Uh, no. But anyway, whatever her name is. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll call her Svenita or whatever. But that's exactly, it sounds like the same thing happened to Sanders' family when she went across the street. The mob congregated, followed her. And ejected her from the ejected them from the business. It well, sounds like this, Rich, this is, I did Snopes it. It, it. it allegedly was one person with a sign. Okay. Yeah. Well, then, but see here, here once again, here we are. So deep through the looking glass, you don't know what's black, what's white, what's left, what's right, because now Snopes is left wing propaganda. <laughs> oh, well. really? What did this start? Oh, this is this has been going on since they. Anytime they debunk anything that a right wing mm-hmm. uh, 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 group puts out there as a fact, they're left wing propaganda. They're yeah, funded been, by George Soros. And, been going on for a long time. Yeah, but if you read the site, they debunk all kinds of shit on both no, sides. That doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it oh, doesn't wait. matter if it I'm goes. Sorry, against, I'm being logical again. My yeah, bad. If, if it goes against right wing uh, doctrine or dogma, that doesn't matter at all. Anything you know, that goes against the word is heresy and blasphemy that's funded by George Soros. By the, by, by the way, I just want to say, Democrats, congratulations. Once again, you people stand in the middle of the forest screaming at a single tree and don't even realize you're standing in the middle of a forest. You have Justice Kennedy, who's stepping down. You have Mitch McConnell. We forgot about that. Who yeah. fist fucked you so deep. His middle finger was coming out your fucking nostrils when the your president wanted to fucking put a nominee in there. And he said, eh, not till after 2016 elections. Now he's going to shove a nominee down your throat before the midterms. And oh, you assholes, yeah. per fucking usual, you weak titty motherfuckers on the, in, in, on the left sit here and want to argue about bullshit. And that's why I fucking hate you. Fuck you. <laughs> How do you feel? I know I, I am so I am so <laughs> sick of this shit because well we won we we won we ran off Sanders. Ooh, you ran her off from a restaurant in mm-hmm. Washington D.C., which is primarily Democrat, pretty heavily black. So I'm gonna guess they don't vote for fucking Republicans very often. So in other words, you're preaching to the fucking choir by doing this, and you want brownie points. You are this is the equivalent of of. Meryl Streep and Robert De Niro getting up and going fuck Trump in front of a bunch of Hollywood people and then breaking their fucking arm to pat themselves on the back. What are you patting yourself on the back for? Absolutely nothing. And what do you think this nominee is going to look like? 
Do you think this is going to be another moderate like Kennedy? No. Yeah, right. It's probably going to be a 35-year-old who's going to be sitting there for the next 40 fucking years. He already said he wants somebody that's going to be there for the next 30, 40 years. He explicitly said that. And he wants it confirmed. And I think uh, McConnell said he would have this nominee confirmed by the time the midterms roll around. Can you imagine just like everyone under 40 that works in the White House is just trying to like stand in his eye line right now? Yeah. Like, why are you hey. wearing a robe today? Oh, that, that just, you know, <laughs> felt like putting this one on tonight. You, you know, have, don't, don't get to wear it out much. You, have, you, you have paralegals who are staffers for him that are fucking walking around in right. powdered wigs and shit. <laughs> I know Ben Shapiro put his hand up on Twitter. It's like, hey, I'm young enough to last 40 to 45 years on the bench. <laughs> I'm going to kill the momentum for just a second. I want to go back to one thing on the Annapolis shooting, a, a personal anecdote here. You all have heard me mention Moonbeam mm-hmm. on this show. Yeah, uh, We went to yes. high school together. Uh, she's a, the, the uber-feminist, uh, social justice warrior type. She's also a journalist. She has uh, been a journalist for 20 years. She's moved off into what I would call propaganda. That's neither here nor there. She used to work at that newspaper. She met her husband working at that newspaper that was shot up today. Uh, she described the place, and what I did, uh, it's funny when something like this happens. I don't hate the, the woman. I've known her for a long time. She, we, she and I have been very, very good friends for a long time. We just have very, very passionate disagreements on things, and I, I think she goes too far on the feminist end of this. But I still have friendly feelings toward her at my core. And when I saw that today, I messaged her. And I was like, okay, you know, I remember you worked here. Sorry, I really, really hope that you didn't know anyone who worked here. I hope none of your friends were among the people killed there. And they weren't. She described the place actually as I got a lot of the information that I got from her. And she she describes it as a, a, a gist mill or gist mill or however you say the word, basically where a grist mill, where it's people who work there aren't there very long. It's a stepping stone to get into journalism. Right. But anyway, the ouch. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it was just it's how journalism is these days. It's like radio. You know, if you're getting into radio these days, you're going to go work at a small place. You're going to get a little experience so you can get the fuck out of there. (laughs) Right. Right. Anyway, point. The only reason I'm bringing this back up is that it was peculiar when how that happened and how that worked out, because there was no animosity there. We had a very uh, heated exchange on another friend's. Facebook profile last week uh, going over um, that had to do with the immigration stuff. And she basically, we told each other to fuck off, more or less. And a few days later, this happens, and you kind of, I'm I'm having trouble articulating this because it just happened a few hours ago, but there is something that transcends politics. You know, we wouldn't have been able to have a decent discussion uh, prior to me seeing the thing that you guys chucked up in the uh, private chat, seeing that name, re- remembering that she worked at that newspaper in Annapolis once upon a time, met her husband there. And there's something, that commonality that I keep talking about, that thing that is more important than politics, flared. I don't know if it's going to stay that way. I don't know if it's going to be something that's going to be continued. I don't know if something's going to be sustained until the next fucking political uh, controversy. But it's there. If you can see through that stuff, and today the impetus for it was, you know, a concern for my friend that didn't have anything to do with politics. And it reminded me that, you know what, at our, at our, at our core, we probably still are friends. And that's where we have to get to, I think. I'm not using myself as, you know, propping myself up as the um, 
simple figure for national unity by any stretch. But that's the thing. I know you know what I'm talking about. I know that uh, you can feel it. That, that absolutely, sense that I'm talking but, about. That's where a, we have to get. It's a very unpopular opinion, I'm telling you. Oh, I know it is. There's, I see... It, it seems like, especially this last month, every time I open Twitter, I see somebody's post about how they can't be friends with the Trump voter, right? Yep. It's the same people that were talking about how Trump voters live in a bubble. Let's and not, they, don't, they don't see anything outside. They're, they're just fed information by their leader. It goes both and, ways, though. Now, let's not leave that out. It does go both ways. I've seen the same thing said by Trump oh. supporters about all liberals. Absolutely. No. Absolutely. That needs to be that needs to be said these days. Okay. Well, then let Sorry. me let me let me interject some uh, uh, some bullshit, non scientific method, anecdotal, personal experience evidence. Most of my friends who are hardcore conservatives know where I stand politically, and it, you know, yeah, yeah, just to say real quick, you asked me or you asked us like a week or two ago, Todd. You know, where do you we think we stand? Yeah. And honestly. Like, I'm a fucking bleeding heart liberal, honestly, when you get right down to it. Period. Don't fuck with other people. Don't infringe upon other people's rights. You're, you have every right to feel how you want, but your feelings stop when you try to infringe upon other people's rights with your feelings. At no point have I ever said, if you're gay, black, woman, you should not have the same rights as anybody else. There should be one set of rights. None of that. And... On a few issues, I fall in line with my more conservative friends. They all, to a person, will tell you, oh, well, you know, this is why I can like deal with Rich, because, yeah, he, yeah he's, he's really liberal on a lot of things, but he's not an asshole about it. And the things that he's conservative about, he's not an asshole about it. Right. And my friends on the left, I have found myself... <clears throat> Deleting things, like getting ready to hit post and then go, wait a minute, do I really want to, do I really want to start this shit? I've done that too. And it's, and it's not even, it's not, and I'm not even making a political statement. It's a joke mm-hmm. or it's a, it's, it's, it's something along those lines. And it's just like, why? Because they're the ones. And I've seen this since, since election night. 2016, if you vote for Trump, you better delete yourself from my friends list, because if I find out you did, I'll fucking do it. And it's like, right. who the fuck do you think you are Right. to fucking dictate to me if I want to be your first of all, motherfucker, are you feeding me, fucking me, or financing me? None of the three? Fuck you. That's the problem I have. And I've run into that three, four times more than I run into any fucking conservative Family member or friend of mine going, and I, there's been a couple, but I mean, those are like the lost causes. I mean, they're right. like, I can't, no, you, you want to kill babies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do. I yeah. do. I, 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 I actually engaged in a little bit of that myself. Uh, I'm guilty of that. Uh, right around the time that that dead zone between the election and the shortly after the inauguration, when Obama was the uh, lame duck. And Trump was coming in and everything. I, I, I engaged in a lot of that. And I know a lot of other people that did. And the reason, it, if we're looking for one, is that these people, these liberals, see themselves as the savior. They see themselves as unquestionably right in a battle, against, uh, of, uh, a battle for good against evil. They, it's, 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 it is a religious mindset. 
They consider politically anyone who voted for Donald Trump, anyone who supports Donald Trump, regardless of the reasons, doesn't matter, as being on the side of a political Satan. Yeah, they're sinners. They're going to hell. It's it's precisely, I, I, I'm not going to drill down too deeply into this, Rich, but that's exactly the mindset. And there are still a lot of people that are in it. And it's getting worse. I mean, I, I, I'll tell you this. Uh, this, this ties in. It's this really quick story. I went up to Ann Arbor on Monday, had to go to REI, decided I'd have uh, a quick uh, meetup with a friend of mine I haven't seen in a few years. We went to high school together, or didn't go to high school together, but we, we were really good friends a long time ago. He lives in Ann Arbor. Sent him a message. We met up. And he's a hardcore, he's one of those, one of those liberals that just, just floods your Facebook feed with every piece of political commentary and propaganda that he can find. And I deleted him from Facebook probably two years ago. And I had a nice sit down with him and his family, met his kids and all that. And at the end, I'm like, oh, I should add you up to Facebook. And then I looked at him like, you know what, if I do, don't flub me with that fucking political shit. And he was, he had this look on his face like, what? What do you mean? Well, just, just, just unclick it or something. And I looked at him and said, I'll unclick you. And that's it. And that's the kind of people that we're, we're dealing with. He's, he's one of those guys that would have been like, if you voted for Trump, I don't want to be around you anymore. So it, it comes to the point you either have to put up with that or you just get the hell away from him. You don't want to be hammered with that shit all the fucking time because it's coming from this politically biblical standpoint of right and wrong, good and evil then you have to just get the fuck away from him. And I can't, I, I couldn't bring myself to have him back. We had a nice meeting, man. It was, it was cool to sit down and look at him and, and talk about shit and, and reconnect. But I cannot, it, if I were to put him back in my Facebook feed, it would kill it. I know it would. There's more than one, but there's probably 20 people that are right down that line that I just can't, I can't be in contact with anymore because of it. Well, well, right. I mean, it doesn't sound like you could have a normal conversation with this person. It would just be a talking points war. That's exactly right. We can have a normal conversation as long as politics isn't brought up. You know what he was saying? Right. He, was, he went as far. Now, this guy was in a really serious car accident a number of years ago. He, his health isn't that good. He's 50 years old now. Uh, and he's talking, and I had to laugh at him. <laughs> I, I literally, I, I kind of chuckled. I didn't really laugh at him because I'm nice. I'm reformed Todzilla. But he was talking about moving to Honduras because his wife's Honduran. Because things are getting so bad here in the United States. <laughs> I'm not kidding. He said it with a straight fucking face. He was literally, he asked me questions. So what about buying land? I mean, what kind of, what kind of money do you need to make down there? And I'm looking at him. I didn't say anything. I'm like, dude, you have no fucking clue. And then I, I, I went into a conversation with his wife, which was really directed at him, telling her of what Honduras is really like. She hasn't been there since she was four. Yeah. You know, talking about San Pedro Sula, the highest murder rate in the world. I'm walking around Tegucigalpa as a gringo. We'll get you warnings from locals. Like, don't be out here. They'll get you. And it was just like, you know, dude, you should go down there. Maybe go to Mexico. Maybe go somewhere else. Look around a little bit. Come back and get clear your fucking eyes perspective a little bit. It ain't that fucking bad here. It's bad inside of that echo chamber. It skewed your perception completely. Yeah, I mean, there's certain newscasts or shows. If you watch, uh, you you'd think we're heading for World War. It's just it's right around the corner. It, 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 there's constant. The sky is falling everywhere, and I've heard on a couple yeah. podcasts in the last week, 
you know, one's produced in L.A., one's produced in Detroit, so they have no influence over each other. They pretty much have said the same thing. Dude, when everything's a 10, it, 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 it all just becomes noise. Yeah. And it just seems where we're at now. Everything, it's just for the last year and a half, everything is, it's, it's, it's been like Spinal Tap. Yeah, everything's an 11. 11. Yeah. Yes. Everything is an 11. And it's, I'm just to the point now where to me, it's, it's, uh, congratulations. I, I'm to that point now. For me, it's just all noise to me now. Well, and the, and the one way to fight that, the one way to combat that is to disconnect. I'm not going to run this whole social media conversation back at you again, but that if you can disconnect from Facebook, deactivate it, shut off Twitter, and watch a fucking cartoon network, if you have to watch television, and you do that for two weeks, three weeks, a month, everything is quieted the fuck down. Everything's quieted down. That's, yeah. the, that's the one way to do it. You have to just <laughs> detach from that. You know, I, I know I reference him a lot on this podcast, but Pendulette's podcast the other day, he closed it out. By asking his two co-hosts, what was the name of Hillary's running mate in 2016? And they both uh-huh. kind of blanked and were like, oh, it uh, uh, starts with a K, something. Okay. And, and he goes, exactly. That's my point. Politics should not be that important to us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and the bigger the bigger issue is that politics isn't going to fix any of this. Politics is power, and if both sides of this dialectic are lathering up their faithful on a in a quest for power. That's it. You know, you're talking about the the radicalization on the left, you guys. When you're talking about Maxine Waters and telling and encouraging these quote unquote activists to go out there and disrupt people at dinner. They're not doing it out of a sense, or they're doing it out because they want to lather the mob. They want a more powerful mob on the march to power. And it happens happening both on both ends of the spectrum. It happened with Trump during the election. It's happening with yeah. the Democrats right now. Politics will not fix this. There is no political solution to this. There's no right, there's no, <laughs> there's no right side of the right and wrong question here. Mm-hmm. It just isn't. We have to do it. I've said this a hundred times. That's why I was talking about Moonbeam. A couple of minutes ago, that was a really significant discovery for me this afternoon that there still is beneath the layer of rhetorical bullshit. There is still a human connection there. And that's the thing that we've got to find. You have to strip the rhetoric, strip the propaganda away, take off our little fucking our little political hats. Oh, I'm a liberal. Oh, I'm a conservative. Take it all off and deal with each other as human beings. That's the only way we can get through this and fight through it and actually create something functional. Because until that happens, again, I, I sound like a broken record. I know I do, but this stuff has but we've been talking about. It. I've been talking about it since February on my podcast and on this one. It just keeps getting the, the pendulum keeps swinging faster every fucking week. You know, I was listening to NPR and they had a constitutional uh, lawyer slash historian on, and they were talking about <clears throat> they were talking about this exact subject. The you know where does civility fit in with protest and everything else? And this gentleman said something that, that, that really struck struck home with me because I see it and it's in, in, in I know a lot of other people see it, but they just don't I don't I don't think they realize how bad it, it can possibly get. No, this guy hasn't fell, but I mean you got people like they're kicking the you know, they're kicking the pillars. They want to see how strong they are. It wants to fall. And I mean one of the things he brought up was in this country, from the late 1900s until about 30 years ago, it's really what it really was. 
a give and take with politicians. It wasn't the end. It wasn't the end all be all. A Republican was in office. He got what he wanted passed. And a Democrat was in office and he got what he wanted passed. And both sides understood that. Both sides understood you can't win every single war. You can't, or you can't win every single battle. Right. And really, both sides understood this isn't a war. Yeah. This is, this is, th- what this is, it's not a sprint, it's a marathon. And to keep this, this experiment called America going, you have to seesaw. Sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. And you take that loss knowing that somewhere down the road you're going to win. The problem is, and he, and he, he brought up a very good point. He said, it only once in the history of our country have we been at this point before. And it was, leading up to the Civil War. Right. It was where no one was willing to take a loss. Everyone demanded they win. It, it, it became a zero-sum game, even. It became, it's not good enough just for us to get what we want. We have to take from the other side. Right. Give us what you have. That's what we want. Yeah, you, there was something one of you guys posted in the, in the chat today that uh, said only love makes a friend out of an enemy or something. Remember that? Well, that was from the the what the, the an article was posted from the Guardian, right? And that was in the window. Yeah. And I just screen capped that. It's it's sort of a cheesy meme, admittedly. Yeah, it was the article about the uh, red hen. Right. Yeah. Incident. Yeah. And the, it, you know you can take it or, or leave it, and you can look at it as trite if you like. But there is a hell of a philosophy inside of that. Because I was thinking after you posted, I didn't put it in there, but I was thinking about Germany after World War II. Uh-huh. We, we didn't punish Germany. We didn't go over there and just start you know, belittling every German because of Nazism. It was the Marshall Plan. We rebuilt Germany. We gave them the means to exist comfortably. Well, right. And we gave them a lot of money. That's, that was kind of my point. <laughs> well, we, we blew the fuck out of Dresden, too. Yeah. Right? There was still a country there. There were still people living there after Hitler was dead. Yeah. What are you going to do with them? You can either make enemies out of them or you, you can make friends out of them. And wisely, our government chose to make friends out of them instead of repeating what happened after World War I. Because at the end of the day, they're still white. <laughs> well, fair enough. <laughs> But you're not, you're not wrong. But, <laughs> but your the point being, though, too. Yeah, yeah. Oh God. Uh, well, except Germans are like Yavol. But the, the point is that you could have made enemies out of them again, at, like we did after World War One by punishing them, right? Reparations, all that stuff. Or you can make friends and allies out of them. And that's the attitude that that that's missing here. Is that all we're doing? We we are drooling foaming at the mouth to make enemies out of people who disagree with us in our own country people we have to live with inside of our own borders there is no spirit of compromise conciliation none of that is happening you 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 nailed it on the head it's we have to win at all costs and we have we will not give one inch of anything and beyond that we're going to crush everything you believe in well this is just speculation on my part i have no i have no study to back this up but i really think a lot of this attitude comes from the general attitude in society in the last 30 years you have a, just a perfect storm of just nonsense coming together of more and more instant gratification is a reality for people. I mean, it used to be if you ordered something, six to eight weeks was the wait. Now, 
people yeah. borrow each other's, you know, Amazon Prime, Amazon Prime accounts because I, I want it in two days. Yeah. I want it right now. You know, it's not. Blockbusters well, that's Prime are, now. Blockbusters, Blockbuster's out of business because people didn't want to drive a mile and a half down the road. They wanted to sit in front of their, their smart TV, click a button, and watch a movie. That. No, they, wanted, gratif- they, they didn't want to go to the store. They wanted, uh, who was it, uh, Netflix, to drop the DVD in their box. Yeah. Well, it started as that. And yeah. then once, when they started streaming about 10 years ago is really when it, it kicked yeah. off. Yeah, I mean, right. I mean, you can even you can still, if you want, have DVDs delivered by Netflix. I would love to see the membership numbers of the people who still do that versus people who just pay for streaming. I have a guy, actually, that posted to my, my uh, timeline here about an hour ago. He actually owns Net Netflix stock, and he's just uh, raving about the DVD Netflix thing. He still does it. He loves it. There's still people that do it. <laughs> Not too many. I wouldn't do it. I I mean, I do that. About that though, a <laughs> few months ago, that says that they got a couple years left tops, though the way their membership yeah. is shrinking. Right. Anyway, yeah, yeah. But you're, you, you got to, you, yeah. It's, yeah. I think you, you're onto something there with that, Rich. And then there's no also, yeah. there's also the the. Whether people like this to hear this, whether people want to say Snowflake or, you know, uh, Triggered or any of those other uh, uh, words that that functional retards have now just added into their their very limited vocabulary and just ejaculate at will these stupid terms for stupid people because that's what these these terms are. Okay, this is the truth. We also have not one... But now one and a half generations who have grown up with the, there's no losers, we're all winners. And when you've never lost, you don't take losing very well. When you've never been taught that, hey, you did your best, sometimes your best isn't good enough. What do you do? You regroup, you dig down deep, and you try again. That's what you do. And when that's not taught to people, it's not taught in schools, at least not in public schools. It's not taught in pay-to-play sports. It, I mean, maybe in the varsity world, maybe once you start getting into college sports, I imagine it has to be that way because that is profit-driven. But I, you, you have a 10-year-old kid who can, you know, <laughs> barely throw and catch a ball. If you pay 150 bucks, I'm sure, and I'm sure that's way low, I'm sure it's more like six, 700 bucks. he can play a season on some little league team and he'll bat 15th because everyone gets in that bat and everyone has to play a, a half an inning in the field. Well, it's going beyond that. I mean, I was thinking about baseball today, and we're going to get into the Basio thing later. I don't want to really transition there just yet. But I was starting to think about how pussified Major League Baseball has become in the last five years. It started when Buster Posey hurt his ankle. So now you can't run into the catcher anymore, right? Nothing bad can happen at the plate. Don't touch. No touchies. And then at second base, you can't, you know, slide into the second baseman anymore because some guy hurt his ankle. Yeah. You can't break up a double play with a hard slide. No. No touchsies. No touchsies. And now with Bozzi. Oh, and before that, now we had, then we had the netting. I can't stand that netting. I've been to a few minor league games this year. I hate that fucking netting. I used to be able to sit at the end of the dugout and see the game without having to look through this fucking net. But nobody can get hit with a foul ball because they're not paying attention anymore. And now Bozzio makes a comment and somebody got their... We'll get into that later. But it's just more of the pussification of the sport because nothing bad can happen. Everything has to be bubble wrapped. So no bad outcomes occur. Well, I mean, it's, it, you, can't, you can't raise 
the tail end of the of the Gen X generation and millennials, and then whatever generation Goldilocks, because everything has to be perfect for them. I guess afterwards, I don't know. You can't you can't raise you know that big of a group of people telling them lies and bullshit, and then throw them in the real world. And not expect them to believe that's how the world should work because that's what they've been taught. If you take a child, a newborn baby, and you call that baby an idiot every day of its life until it's 18, you're probably not raising a kid who's going to cure cancer. You're probably raising a kid who's going to end up digging a ditch or worse, be on the welfare dole. Because he, I'm dumb. I've been told that my entire life. Well, you know what it reminds me of? You remember that kid who used the affluenza defense? Mm-hmm. He had too much money. Yeah, it, that's exactly what this reminds me of. He was cushioned and coddled and actually thought that he, that he had a legal defense because he was basically raised in a, in, a, in, a, in a money bubble and didn't ever experience any sort of uh, adversity. So he didn't understand that there were consequences. So if you, yeah, if you nerf the world and put the kid in bubble wrap from birth to, to, to adulthood, take the bubble wrap off, yeah, he's going to have... <laughs> either one hell of a uh, of a waking experience or he's going to try to rebubble everything. Yeah, but you take what you just said, you take what mm-hmm. I said, yeah. and now you apply it to a, a, a group of people who are entering, you know, late 30s into into you know the early the early 20s. And then you 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 introduce politics to them. Right. They can't wait 2 years for every election. They want it now. Mm-hmm. Well, that's I the, want him out now. He should have been impeached yesterday. What is the problem here? You can apply that more directly to the social justice warrior aspect of this. That nothing can, no bad, no bad outcomes are allowed for any individual ever, except white men, because they've they've been privileged long enough. So fuck them. But everybody else, you have to bubble wrap because no, nothing bad can happen to anyone. See, I see, I see almost the exact opposite. I see him wanting everybody to be treated as shitty as the worst person is treated because then they can go, hey, now we're all equal. No, now, that's we, not- now, now when we get pulled over, we all get beat and shot at by the cops. <laughs> I, I just, see like where the, just like the most, the most criminal black man in the world, right? Yeah, I see where you're going with that, and I think that's probably the outcome, but I don't think that's what they want. I don't think that's what's in their head. But once again, reality and your dream of what reality should be yeah, we might get there. It, it, we might get there in 100 years and 200 years. Problem is microwave generation. We want it now. Yeah. We want prob- it now. We, yeah. Guys, we are, we are not even 15 years away from the 2004 election and gay marriage being on the, on the, on, on the Michigan ballot. Mm. Think about that. Now, now, think about how much, if you really look at pop culture, in those 14 years, how much shit about gay, trans, bi, non-gender binary, whatever, is just sh- just constantly shoved like it's the majority. Right. Well, that was that that started before the election, though. That started with like the Will and Grace era, didn't it? Yeah, but Will and Grace was gay gay guys and a chicken love with one of them. You know, it's like mm-hmm. it, it was it was it wasn't this this okay, gay people can be married. Now who's the next oppressed group in right. the LGBT community? Right. Okay, right. By, uh, uh, trans people. 
Right. Okay, well, now we got to fight for bathrooms, and now we got to fight for this, and now we got to fight for pronouns, and now uh, who's the next one? Oh, it's, it's, it's asexual <laughs> yeah. people. Yeah, and meanwhile, Justice Kennedy retires, and who's going to be the Supreme Court? You, you nailed that part of it on the head, where you're sitting there, you're fighting every battle to be fought in the woods while all this other shit that should be a bigger concern. Goes, and the, 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 big, the bigger problem is... And now the woods are on fire. <laughs> the, bigger, the bigger problem is, is that you can speak the truth, but people just stick their fingers in their ears. Right. The, 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 most, the, most, the most silencing question I've asked the most militant feminist is, what rights do men have that you don't? Go. And inevitably, within the first two or three sentences, historically pops out their mouth. And I go, time out. I didn't ask about historically. Right fucking now. Right. What can I do that you can't do? What? Stand up and write my name in the snow without pissing all over my leg? Take it up with the take it up with the maker. That's not my problem. You want a dick? Save up your money. There's a doctor out there that can make you one. Yeah. I mean, I what, you they, they can't answer these questions because they don't want to. So they just go, uh, I'm just going to dismiss you out of hand. It's the new crazy. You're crazy. Yeah. And once right. you label someone that, you can just dismiss them out of hand. And the problem is, is that we're not dealing with reality because reality is not nice. It doesn't, it's not warm and fuzzy. Yeah. It's, what you're talking about, what you're talking about is utopia. This, this fantasy land where everything's perfect. And that if only, you know, we can, we can fight the social justice battle long enough and hard enough and radical enough, we can create this utopia. We've been here before. This this whole on-paper utopia thing has been all hashed out, and they discovered a long, long, long fucking time ago that it doesn't work because it doesn't bring human nature into the equation. Utopia doesn't exist, and it, it's not going to exist. It's fantasy land. It's candy land. You can't do it. And that's it's, it, it astounds me that people don't understand that or refuse to see it. And that's why we're at where, where we're at right now, because that's what you're talking about with all of the, the latest, the victim of the week club is stemming from this mentality that you can create this social justice utopia. And it has nothing to do with reality. It has nothing to do with human nature, human interaction, Natural hierarchies, right or wrong, doesn't matter. They exist. They exist in every fucking species. Well, guess what? The uh, looks like the victim of this week is Maxine Waters. This is breaking news. Maxine Waters cancels event over a quote very serious death threat. Is so, anybody yes. is, is anybody is it on social media? As the pendulum swings, uh, all I can say is that. That old cooch is probably wetter than it's been in decades right now. <laughs> oh, you know, here let me let me just say this, and then thanks and then for I'll, that image. I appreciate that. Let me let me just let me let me just yeah. say this, and then I'm I'm I, I'm 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 tapping out of the conversation because I just I can't do this every week anymore. It's getting to the point where I, I I'm hating myself and I'm hating this show because we're just spinning wheels. So let me. If there's anyone who listens to us and it's a hate listen because you think we're a bunch of right wing women <laughs> hating, we hate, we're going to hate some Negroes. That's what we do or whatever the fuck. Please listen to me. I beg you. Dismiss everything else I've ever said. Please do that. But listen to this one fucking thing. As they used to say in a skit on Saturday Night Live, hear me now, believe me later. Because it's going to happen whether you want it to or not. You are fighting the wrong battles. The Supreme Court is going to be one heartbeat away from being predominantly 
hardcore right-wing conservative. Ruth Bader Ginsburg keels over and Trump's president, you're fucked. You're not going to get the fucking, you're not going to, you're not going to get the fucking, the the, the rulings that you think you're going to get. And you think you got issues now? Wait until you get a Supreme Court full of motherfuckers who are put there by Trump and the Trumpites who come after him. The ones, he is the archetype for the new Republican Party. And you people want to argue and be petty, and you're fucking yourselves. And furthermore, you're fucking us. And I'm going to tell you what, you fuck me hard enough, there's going to be problems. Period. And I'm not saying me personally. I'm talking about the people who are begging for two sides to sit down and talk to each other like human beings. Because this, it's not going to get any better arguing about bullshit nonsense. I mean, when when Mitch McConnell pulled that on Obama, I I said something on the show I probably shouldn't have said. Aaron, you might have cut it out, but I'm not going to repeat it because, you know, the FBI might be listening. But, I mean, I was like, where's the guillotines at? This, that's how we solve this problem. Let's let's start getting some blood flowing in the streets. P- problem will be solved quickly. Well, how many how many liberals do you think are saying that right now? Because you're looking down the barrel of Justice Kennedy is going to retire. He's announced that, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah, there's going to be a, another Trump appointment. Do you think it's going to be a moderate? God, of course no. not. Nope. Of course not. He's going to put somebody in in that chair, in that fucking robe, that's as batshit crazy as he can find, and he's going to make sure that they're young enough that they sit there for 40 years because we don't change right. justices until they die or they retire, yeah. right? So and that's not my point. That's not my point. What you're talking about, Rich, is I want you to I want you to take a step further now because everything you said is right, but what's going to happen with the activism, this activism on the left, once you get some batshit whack job conservative and a majority a hard majority on the supreme court that opposes everything that you're about what do you think's going to happen then how many people do you think when when you say well that's what guillotines are for how many people on the left are actually thinking that right now when they look forward to the next supreme court justice appointment Problem and is. the pen, and the pendulum swings a little quicker every fucking week the problem is i i don't think a lot of them have the heart and the ones that do, they're not doing it for the right reasons. No, I've, I've, who doesn't? I, the, the, the liberals? The people, the, people the, the hardcore people on the left yeah. who would get a tip drip at, at the thought of rolling out the guillotines. I, I've, spent, I've spent more time than I'd, than I'd ever like to admit just lurking on Antifa you know, sites and, and bulletin boards. Those people do not care for the most part about any progressive issue, they want to go out and fight. They're just too pussy yeah. to join the military, or they disagree with what the U.S. does with the military. Right. They're it's, anti-capitalist, it, whatever. Yeah. It, but but it's that, that that second to getting together and let's go fuck some people up. There, you're mm-hmm. y- you are literally boiled down to the most base instinct. Mm-hmm. That's all these people are, and those are the people who are like, let's get the guillotines, just because they they just want violence. They, but there's nothing there behind the violence. And those I'm people can about, be useful idiots. Yeah, I'm not really concerned with Antifa so much as I'm, I'm concerned with the more, <laughs> I use this term loosely, mainstream, uh, radical, radicalized left components. Because I think that as this pendulum continues to swing a little further to the left and a little further to the right every fucking week, month, and year, 
I think back to, I wonder, I would have liked to have been around about 10 or 15 years before the Civil War. I wonder how many people back then had the stomach for Civil War 10 or 12 years prior to the war and, and, the, and the shot at Fort Sumter. There was a reason the war didn't start until 1860 or whatever it was. Right, it was because people, did, people didn't have the stomach for it yeah. yet. But as this continues, and I, I really, I'm, I'm trying to put myself in the, in the head of these, you know, these ideologically religious leftists. When they see a radicalized right-wing nut job put on the Supreme Court, where are they going to go? They're going to get a little bit closer to having the stomach. I'm not talking about Antifa. I mean, they're, they're a fucking anachronism anyway. <laughs> Organized anarchists. Come on. I'm talking about the other people who are actually party dogs, agenda dogs. Those are the ones that, and again, once it swings that to that extreme on the left, something happens or say there's rhetoric or whatever, then the pendulum comes back to the right, and then you've got the counter-revolutionaries. There is no, there, this, is, this is deadly. And there's nothing slowing that pendulum down, man. But this nothing. is what they want. This is what they want, man. And nothing slowing it down. You yeah. can't yeah. stop them. You, that's, that's the sad part. No, you can't. And, and for every person who rolls their eyes, when someone tries to go to them and say, you know, we need to take up arms against these people on the right, or we need to take up arms against people on the left, for every person who rolls their eyes, Every hundred, thousand, whatever, pick a number. There's going to be one person that goes, you know what? You're right. And it's just going to keep spreading and spreading like a game of telephone. Mm -hmm. Then they tell two friends and they tell two friends. And it's, you know what? I'm just like, personally, even if there is another civil, I mean, flat out all on civil war, it ain't going to go far enough. It ain't. It's just not. Even if, even if, even if. One side gets the government they want. They're both going to start fucking sucking off their corporate masters. We got to help us rebuild. Got to help us do this instead of going, okay, well, we cleared out Washington. Now let's head to the corporate headquarters of all these fucking organizations and get these fuckers out who've been giving themselves raises to the point where it's what? 400% discrepancy between the average worker and the average CEO where 30 years ago it was 17, 25%, somewhere around there. I kind of see the corporatism as a, a, a very second or third tier problem uh, when it's com- as compared to our inability to e- even look and have a conversation with each other. The corporatism is going to be there. And as far as revolution goes, I, I would challenge anybody on the left to show me an example where a popular leftist revolution has ever ended well. I mean, corporatism is it's there. It's part it's inherent in capitalism. I understand what you're saying. I don't agree with it. I don't like it either, but it's, it, it's what we have. And I, th- I, I really think that that is a much less threat, danger problem than we're posing for ourselves and the inability. How do you change corporatism if you can't even have a conversation amongst yourselves? How do you attack that problem if you can't sit down at a table and identify the problem and then come up with a cooperative plan to address it? Well, I'll, I'll, go, I'll do you one better. You can have a conversation with someone who gets up from the table and walks. Because I'm going to tell you what, if heads do start rolling in Washington, the fat cats, they're like, oh, <laughs> no, 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 no. We're picking up and we're heading someplace else. We can still make our money someplace else on this fucking spinning rock. We don't need to stay here. There are the 300 and what, 70 million people in America, 7 billion people in the world. That's even if we don't, even if we don't. Cater to America, that's a lot of customers waiting to buy our product. We'll just go where they'll just appreciate us. Because, hey, they're developing countries. We'll give them $5 a day to put bullshit together. And we'll, that's the thing. They, I don't, we have gone so far 
Yeah, I don't know if there's really a, a way to pull back on the reins because I don't believe there's any way to stop this. This is going to turn into everything that, you know, all these conspiracy theories that we thought were so far out and far-fetched, you know, 30, 40 years ago, you know, one world government, a world run by corporations, three or four corporations running the world. Does anybody realize what Disney's doing right now as far as buying up everything? Disney, for fuck's sake. They're bringing my X-Men home. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You had to, they're, didn't you? you had to they're going to trademark fun soon. Let me, tell you something. Let me tell you something. Uh, the only thing that Disney isn't buying is Fox News and the uh, uh, was it, anti-monopoly law said you can't own 22 Fox Sports regional channels because you own ESPN. Right. So you're either going to have to buy them and immediately put them up for sale or not buy them. That's that should tell you everything you, you need to know. All the sports. Oh, we Wouldn't don't give a fuck what else if you own. You can own everything, but you can't own all the sports. That's a monopoly. Not that something wouldn't fill its void, but wouldn't it be kind of amazing if they just bought Fox News and shut it down immediately? <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what they'd replace it with. But they're not going to shut the cash cow down. They just replace it with something else. So I wonder what it would be. We all know that Rupert Murdoch is like, you're not getting Fox News. Disney, of all people. Because yeah. Disney does, look, Disney does have an agenda. Disney has pushed its agenda into products and brands it owns. I mean, from anything from ESPN to Star Wars to anything else, Pixar. I mean, it, 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 that's just all there is to it. And he was like, it ain't happening. It ain't happening with Fox News. Because he knows they'll come in and just destroy it. I, I don't know if I can agree with you that a company has an agenda. The way I see it is that there's people who, as groups, have agendas, and there's companies that advertise to them, right? So a lot of people say this, like, Disney has this agenda about, like, oh, you know, pushing minorities or something like that. You know, there's no more white princesses or whatever the fuck. Or, or, or what they're doing with Star Wars, you know, making it not so male-centric. That's them pushing their agenda. No, I, they don't have an agenda. They have a sense of business, and they see a market, and they're advertising yeah, they themselves P&L. it. Right. They say, liberals like our movies. Let's like, let's make more movies that appeal to liberals. Well, I mean, I, I'm sorry. Once again, I'm a fan of. I'm not really, I really, I, like I've really done some soul searching. I'm not a centrist, really, at all. On a few subjects, I guess you could consider, consider me a centrist, but I, I lean very heavily to the left. But I do miss the days of when a, when a studio would put out a movie like High Noon, which had a very liberal, progressive slant to it. Even though it was a Western, another studio answered with Rio Bravo. And what happened? Two classic fucking movies were made. Okay, yes, politics were part of art, but it wasn't the end-all, be-all. You still had to have a good movie, a good vehicle to deliver your fucking message with. Now it's message, 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 and we're just gonna we're just gonna fucking ham fist and 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 shoehorn it in there. And if you and if you dare to call us on it. We're going to destroy you. We're going to label you as a toxic fan base or as, as whatever. So we are criticism proof. You can't criticize us. I mean, I, I've never, I, I, I don't, I, I didn't, I don't watch the new Star Wars and go, why is the main character 
a female Jedi. Mm-hmm. I don't think that. I think, how the fuck does Rey have all these fucking powers and she ain't trained for five minutes? That's what I think. Somehow that, that turns into, I hate women in power in movies. No, I hate bad storytelling. They can't even be explained through, you know, like, like they did like in Empire Strikes Back. Well, they were in hyperspace for a while traveling to Bespin. So who knows how long Luke was on Tatooine, or not Tatooine, but Dagobah training with Yoda, etc., etc. Okay, that's plausible. Give me something like that. But when you can't even bring up something like, just as benign as that in the grand scheme of things, without, this, without it becoming just a, a big old shit storm where everybody has an opinion piece they have to post about it. And Ryan Johnson made a movie that pissed off the fanboys. And that's a good thing. And like doing a little petty dance going, oh, did we fuck up your, your, your franchise nerds? Oh, well, get used to it. Suck it. Suck it. You like it, don't you? It's, it's what children do. That's what fucking children do. But that's, that is the mentality we have right now. And yeah, it, it's, it's irritating. It's, and, to, and to say that Disney doesn't have an agenda, fine. Disney's agenda is making money. But they don't give a fuck about the people they're making money off of until they have no more money that they can drain them, drain from them. Yeah, that's what they care. You got the same shit going on with the Ocean's 8 movie right now. If you don't like it, you're a misogynist. You're, you're horrible. And the general review of the movie has been like, it's a piece of shit script. Like, you put eight women in it all you want. Like it, and seriously, if you don't like it, it's awful. You're you're oh. awful. You're an awful person. They, oh. they made a, an Ocean's Eight or Ocean's Eleven movie with women. Yeah, it's, it's yes. Ocean's Eight. It's all women, <sighs> and half half the women in the movie when when the the reviews come out and the movie didn't do as well as expected. Half half the women came out and said this is because there's too many white men reviewing movies in Hollywood. Yeah, really, well, it's a sh- it's a shit non creative idea. By the way, so the same white yes. men, the same the white grand men conservative were, bastion of of a uh, movie review, film criticism in Hollywood. Yes, yes. So the, yeah, the same, that conservative bunch, <laughs> that conservative stronghold. Well, yeah, out there in L.A. Yeah, in in the in the in the, in the, the valley. Back, but these same, but these are the same critics, by the way, who heaped praise on Black Panther, Wonder Woman, etc., mm-hmm. etc. Et the same critics who. A lot of them put their reputation on the line trying to defend the best they could that walking abortion of a film called the Ghostbusters movie. And it was like, really? These, but, but all of a sudden, because Ocean's 8? No, we hate women. So that's why this movie sucks. That's why we gave it bad reviews. We hate women. Victim victim of the week. But, I mean, here's the thing. The corporations, I understand, don't give a fuck about this. But if they see a way to make a buck by riding that wave, they're going to do it. You guys say it all the time. Libertarians love this line. Corporations have no responsibility to anybody except for their shareholders. It's true. Well, you know what, then? Maybe we don't don't roll the guillotines into D.C. first. Roll them in some boardrooms. But you don't even need to. You just stop patronizing them. <laughs> yeah, well, we've already been we've we've yeah. been up and down this road, and one or two people don't make a difference. A couple thousand don't make a difference. That's all you have, though. In, is individual in a global choice, you, in a global you have to person. You have in to organize. Global, you have to. Or- I'm okay. sorry. Go ahead. No, uh, you just you, you have to be organized, or else your your personal boycott means as much to a 
global corporation, a major corporation, as if you step in front of a train and kill yourself. It has the exact same effect. None. If you don't have sufficient organization behind the boycott, it does nothing. Well, guys, nothing. we sat we sat here and played a, a game of, of 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 brainstorm about how they could bring Roseanne back, and it turns out they're doing exactly what the fuck we said they were going to do. Like we were right. joking about what they were going to do. Why? <laughs> because they saw bags of money flying away. No, we're brilliant. We're fucking brilliant. Right. Well, but I wasn't really talking about boycott. I'm just talking about individual choice. But that's all that really applies in, in a lot of these instances that we're talking about lately. I mean, a, a boycott of a company, I think, is appropriate. If you think that company is doing something that's actually wrong or immoral or is hurting somebody else, you know, sure, sure. kids making uh, Nike shoes in factories, shit like that is worth a boycott. We're talking about boycotts because they're not making stuff that you like anymore. Like, what is the end result that they hand over the IP to the fans that they? Well, that, this is this would be a really good way uh, p- uh, point to transition into Chris Basio. Well, I just want to ask real quick: uh, What do you do when you have literally a handful of corporations who own every smaller corporation? So the point is. If you don't like the practices of these four or five corporations, uh, you go what? Live off the grid? We we go we go all Fight Club. Well, I I mean, what, what do you do, what do you do then? Because that's well, we're fast approaching that. But what, what are you describing as practices? Is it practices evil doings or the practices making shit? Yeah, the practices of exploiting labor all over this fucking world, exploiting prison labor all over this world. Yeah. But I mean we could we could keep it we could keep it narcissistic American all the way and just talk about America but th- it's not America anymore it's it's that it's that big jerk off for every every everybody who wants to fucking who thinks they're a temporarily embarrassed billionaire it's the global economy okay well no really it's they don't give a fuck they don't give a fuck these people have more money than they can ever fucking spend gamble snort shoot drink away do you think they should do you think they're obligated to that? Do you think they have a, a, a moral, well, moral perhaps, but do you think that they have a tangible responsibility to give a fuck? I think they are fucking retarded if they don't realize that you can bleed us dry, but at a certain point, if you don't have a middle class and it's just <clears throat> the rich and wealthy and the poor, what the fuck is going to happen? How are you going to, what are you going to do then? You're going to go live in your ivory tower and never deal with the rest of the world? No, you're going to continue to sell shit at the company store because people have to live. And if you can convince them that the comforts are necessities, they'll still buy it. Well, I mean, I, and, and, and that's, that's, that's where I come back to square one. You can't, you can convince anybody of anything except for they're being fucked over <laughs> because they, because they get pissed because they're like, no, I'm too smart for that. No, actually, you're pretty stupid. Yeah. On average, we're all pretty stupid or else we wouldn't be sitting here doing this fucking show. We'd be millionaires, period. We, we, would find a, we would find a grift in the system and exploit it. What reason don't we do that? Is it because we're so morally upright? Our, our moral compass points true north. It's not dented whatsoever. No, it's because we don't know fucking how. No, that's not true either. I mean, you speak for yourself. Maybe that's why you're not a, a, a major cog in the machine. I tried. I was doing pretty well with it for a long time. I discovered that it, make, that it makes me want to kill myself, and I want to find some other purpose for living besides making money. A lot of reasons for that. And when you, and when you get to that point, and you realize that <laughs> freedom ain't exi- 
freedom ain't free, and I'm not talking in the bumper sticker sense, in the support our troops sense. I'm talking, you don't you choose not to play the game. Uh, yeah, most people look at you and go, well, you're a fucking idiot. Yeah. Unless you are independently wealthy or can completely support yourself off the grid, and that, and that is very, I mean, we are talking a percentage of one percentage point that can do that. You have to play the game to some point. And it's, it's, a, it's, it's a losing game. It's a rigged game. And what do we do? It, it, that's, 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 the, that's the question I ask. What do we do? Let's have a conversation about that. I'm willing to do that. Articulate the, the question. What do we do? What do we, articulate it specifically. What's the question you're asking? What do we do? Specifically, what are you asking? How do we get away from the fact that we have every cliche that we snicker at is true? We have socialism for the fucking rich and, and capitalism for the poor. How do we get away from the fact that the middle class is shrinking by leaps and bounds every fucking year? How, what, what do we do about that? How do we correct this, is a really, this ship? This is a this, really easy, easy answer to this, and I already touched on it earlier. You have to identify the problem first. You have to base it in reality. You have to have a clear concept of the problem. You can't have your ideologically tinted or tainted picture of reality going up against somebody else's ideologically tinted formulation of reality that's first and foremost you have to see the problem you have to identify it as a problem and then what you have to do if you don't want to be at the mercy of people in power the oligarchs the corporations or whatever you have to be able to sit down with other plebes at a table identify a problem and learn to work with each other to address it politics isn't going to fix it guns sounds like a guns, centrist to me the point the, the going at gunpoint isn't going to fix it you can try but like I said earlier, every revolution, this is, this is a leftist revolution. If you're talking anti-capitalism, anti-corporatism, you're talking about a, a, a populist revolution. And none of those have ever ended well, ever, because it just throws you into another gulag as opposed to a concentration camp. And I understand that. And that's why, and that's why every time I talk to someone who goes, oh, we just become a socialist uh, uh, a nation and everything will be fine. It's not that no. fucking simple. If it was that simple, it, <laughs> yeah. it, it, we've, we've, we've talked about this before. It works in smaller numbers. When people point to some country who have 5 million people in it, and they go, well, look at all the socialist programs they have. It's because they have 5 fucking million people. And we, and we also subsidize right. their socialist <laughs> programs with our military. They don't have to protect themselves. They also exactly. know most of the people who are getting that tax money that <laughs> that's being <laughs> well, taken from them. Anyway, Rich, to answer your question, there is a tangible <clears throat> uh, way forward. I mean, it's, it's simple problem solving. Okay, but it goes back to what we were talking about earlier that you cannot do that. You are going to be at the mercies of whoever is at the helm of your ideological ship. They don't, they don't give a fuck about you. They give a fuck about power. And you're going to be subservient to them unless you can actually look at the problem realistic, realistically, objectively, and based in uh, objective truth. And if you cannot do that and you can't look at other people who may have different beliefs than you, but actually have a, a common end goal. If you can't do that, if you can't even identify that common end goal, you're fucked. There is no answer. And that's, that's, that's simple logic. But it all comes back to what we were talking about, what we were getting at earlier. You have got to be able to look at each other without the, the, the ideological veil between you. But it, to, it, it, it's difficult, isn't it? Because you're, you, if you're talking to liberals, you know, they're looking at conservatives who are in power, who are getting their agenda done with a person who refuses to compromise, right? Mm -hmm. 
or at least that's his personality. You know, so how how do you counter that? Like, well, it, you know, they, they figure the only way for them to win to get their agenda done is to find their own Trump. Look, you remember during the the Obama administration, we had eight years where we were hearing about the party of no, right? And how terrible that was. Gridlock in Washington. What do we have now? Same we basically have taken that fucking thing. You've taken that hat off and put it on the other team. Now they're the obstructionists. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, and the, the, first, the first problem we have is that both of these camps, particularly the liberals, which I find amusing, they, everybody thinks it's their country. They always use our, take my, take my, take my country back. <laughs> it's not yours, bitch. It's ours. You've got to be able to look at other people. And understand that there is going to be compromise one way or another, whether you like it or not. There, you have no mandate. You don't even have a, a clear majority, let alone a mandate. You're going to have to work with these people or you're going to come to fists with them. Right. I mean, the only true definition of no compromise means you're willing to either kill or die for your That's, cause. The, right? the definition of no compromise is totalitarianism. Right. No, there, you, you, where you will not allow anything that deviates from the ideological doctrine. That's totalitarianism. I challenge you to think about that word for a bit, go a little deeper beyond strongman, and that's exactly what it means. Mm-hmm. My way or nothing. And if you look at how progress is made, I mean, in this country, it's, it's very rarely in these great leaps, right? It's these right. little battles that are fought. And Two steps I think people, yeah. right, people understood that, uh, you know, you fight this little battle and it may not be perfect. You make that compromise. But that doesn't mean that you, you know, dust your hands off and say, well, we solved that issue. You right. go back to work to get more of what you are, are after. Right. But, you, but there, there's also an element of that, too, where if you're not taking into account the other people who share your territory, t- share your, <laughs> your, your land space, mm-hmm. that don't necessarily want that, you have a choice to make. You know, you can keep fighting, but eventually when you keep fighting, it comes to the point where you're going to have to impose your vision. You can compromise to a point. But if you don't take your eye off the ultimate prize and you're not willing to compromise that, if you're a totalitarian at heart who's engaging in the illusion of compromise, you're going to come to a point where you're going to have to impose that doctrine on someone else. Right. The problem Eventually. Is the problem is, is there is no compromise. Right. There, there, I mean, period. It's, yeah. not in our, it's not in our nature to compromise on that scale. We can compromise to keep a relationship together, to keep a friendship together to keep going to work to earn a paycheck. But once, once you take the, the fact that you're going to lose something tangible, something you can touch, see, hear, feel, right there, in front of you, away from people, all of a sudden, man, they become, hard, they become hard-headed hardliners. Mm-hmm. No, I'm not willing to compromise. So, so you know what? Yeah, I don't have the answer, but one of the things I, I, I've resisted for fucking most of my life is... You know what? Maybe we do need a totalitarian government. <laughs> because well, we're gonna get one either way. Uh, well, I mean, yeah. I, I, it, here, here's the, it would be so easy for me if my life, it would be fuck that, strike that. It would be easy for all four of us if our lives were as good as the people who want to tear down the system. The patriarchy and all, and, and, and the sexist system. If our lives were as good as they think they are, we would be Trump supporters. We would be out there fucking making phone calls, handing flyers out to keep him in power. 
Why? Because our lives are so fucking good. The reality of the situation is, is that we all fucking claw our way through this fucking life, trying to keep our head above water. And the problem is we're playing the game, and a lot of us are playing by the rules that other people just, they just ignore. Mm. I mean, one of the, one of the most, one of the most profound things I, I, I had ever heard an economist say is, you know why poor people tend to stay poor? Because they think you have to pay your debts. Rich people know better. Mm. And I'm like, wait a minute, that, that's kind of an asinine statement. Really? Well, I'm going to start an LLC, and if that goes under, well, whatever. I'll just file bankruptcy, and they can sue that LLC. Then I'm going to start another one. And I'm going to start another one. One thing is my stepmother's, my stepmother loves to, to tell everyone who will listen when she imparts wisdom is, you know how many times successes have failed? Well, if I fail and I go completely bankrupt, I'm fucked for seven years personally if I go into personal bankruptcy. How do these fucking failures manage to keep failing but somehow fail up? Oh, that's right. They disregard the rules that we fucking self-impose upon ourselves to play the game by. I, you know, I, I've had that conversation with people before, and you don't have to do that. I mean, there, there's, this, there's this guy that I ran into online uh, few, several years back who proudly would get every fucking credit card he could get. This is back when they were giving him out, like, you know, candy, <laughs> you know, before the crash, right? When anybody could get a credit card. I got a credit card. I didn't even have a fucking job. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I did. And I did exactly, I, I probably shouldn't brag about this too loudly, but I did exactly what he did. He would take it and he would use it, get what he needed, and then just throw the thing in the trash and forget about it. What are they going to do? What the fuck are they going to do? They don't put you in jail for that shit. And if you don't have any income, right? And you're not using, the, the, the one thing you have to keep in mind is that you cannot lay your life's foundation upon having credit. You take it when you can, use it, to set yourself up, move yourself forward, and then prepare to do without it until you can get it again. And this guy built his whole life on that. He was living in like Taiwan or something like that and had taken every piece of debt that someone was willing to give him thinking that they were going to make money on the interest and he'd just blow it up and never pay it. Think about that. You can do it. You have to be creative in how you set yourself up, but you can do it. And I, I've always wondered why more people don't look at it that way because you're right. That's exactly, I think Trump does the same thing. I think that's why he's filed what filed bankruptcy three times, five times, something like that. Right. It's it's well, why the only place he could get money is from the Russians. Yeah, well, no. let's look at his business ventures. He's not a success. He's a success in branding himself. In the but, Trump brand he sells, that has value, but his businesses tend to fucking fail. He under well, give him some credit. Maybe he understands the culture better than we do, because that's what matters is the brand. That's exactly that's exactly it. I mean that's that's it's anyway, like playing it's like playing checkers with someone who's playing chess. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. you're just going, "Well, wait a minute. I'm not I'm not advocating anything. Right. I'm just saying I I I looked into this. I engaged in it a little bit. I I'm not doing this anymore, by the way. Uh, but it does work. If you are not married to 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 debt and you're not married to your credit rating, you're not planning on mortgaging a house or buying a car or any of that other shit. You can do this, and then, yeah, you, you know what you do? You just let it sit for seven years. If you don't pay anything on it, the, the clock never resets. You don't contact your debt collectors or your creditors. You don't talk to them at all. Seven years just goes away. You start over. Oh, definitely. I have a friend who works in credit repair, and first thing, she'll, first thing she'll tell it's you is, what is that I'm familiar with the concept. Yeah, yeah, I have a friend who works in credit, credit repair, reform, whatever the proper term is for it, and the first thing she says to anybody when they, how do I get my, my credit back up, she goes, don't answer any mail. Don't answer any phone Nothing. calls. Yep. 
Nothing. The minute you contact them, it starts all over again. The minute you have any interaction with them at all. And it's not hard to do. I mean, you just don't answer a phone from a fucked up number. And you you just take the mail they send you, throw it in the trash. Yeah, I got a piece of mail from a 10-year-old debt a couple weeks ago. I was like, yep, right to the garbage with you. And, I, I, you know, I would challenge you guys, too, and maybe this is a discussion worth having, you know, maybe some other time, but what, if you're concerned about the ethics of it, is it ethical not to pay a credit card company who's exploiting debt at astronomical interest rates, putting people in debt for years based on a $500 purchase? Is it ethical? You know, I could probably make a pretty good argument that, yeah, fuck them. They're in the wrong business. They're money changers. Fuck them. Take what you want, set yourself up, and fuck them. All you have to do is look at the Federal Reserve to see if it's ethical. Well, there you go. I mean, let's be honest here. Anyway, all all I'm saying is you were making an argument about playing the system by the rules and not getting anywhere. You are not tied to debt. You are not tied to credit. It is possible, trust me, I know these things, to live a cash-based life and use credit where you can make it benefit yourself solely. I, I did it for 35 years. Pretty much. <laughs> so there you go. 41 and counting, baby. 41 and counting. So if you're looking for, for answers, you're looking for a way to get at the corporatist structure, Rich. You know, there's, there's a movement I'd get behind. Because people, it's an unethical practice to give people credit cards when they're not making enough money to make a living on, to hand someone a credit card and then put them further behind the eight ball. That is an ethical. Oh, fuck no. It's, it's the thing these banks do, when I was looking for property in Oregon last year, the stuff that they, oh, you can afford this much a month. I'm sitting there thinking, no, I fucking can't. What, right. what about my finances tells you that I can afford what you're telling me I can afford a month? You are right. out of your goddamn mind. Yeah. They're basically telling me I could... They're basically telling me to give a, a like a paycheck and a third every month to a mortgage. Like you are insane. I know math. Get the yeah. fuck out of here. <laughs> right. I didn't feel bad. You know when the when the housing collapse hit back in two thousand and eight, it was based on all these prime mortgages and stuff, giving out these loans to people who de- who there's no way they could pay them. I didn't feel bad about any of that. I mean, I don't know. This, I'm not going to get into an economics conversation, but the ethics of this, of using the system that's trying to exploit you, exploiting a system that's trying to exploit you, I have no ethical qualms with that. Knock yourselves the fuck out. If it's going to make your life better, if it's going to help you to set yourself up to where you can exist outside of that, where you want to exist, doing what you want to do, making yourself happy, use the fuck out of it. Ride that fucking bike to the cliff and push it over. I, I, I don't see anything wrong with that. And some people wouldn't. Hey, I gamed it to get good credit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that's another thing you got to keep in mind. I mean, if you're younger, particularly, 20s, 30s, whatever, and you just want to live for a while and you don't like the way things are going, that's fine. But also understand, you may change your mind later, and you may have to clean that mess up. Yeah. So, yeah. That, that was fun. Yeah. So anyway. It's not that hard to get back, though. No, they want you. Once you you have a little money to throw around, they're like, "Oh, you got money now? Let's get some credit." They want you back in the loop. Yeah, yeah. They don't like it when you. I mean, that's why somebody with no credit—it's—it's worse than having bad credit (laughs) because you're not playing the game, and that doesn't—that doesn't profit them. Well, you tried to transition into some sports story. About a half hour ago. Oh yeah. Well, hey, I, I, how did the what's this? What is the story you guys are talking about? Enlighten me. All right, Chris Bazio 
was the pitching coach for the Detroit Tigers. A lot of Michigan listeners among the several million listeners I've heard that we have on the ChristopherMedia.net network, the Unregimented Pod. Anyway, uh, he was fired this week uh, for making quote-unquote insensitive comments that uh, ran against the Detroit Tigers' zero-tolerance policy of such behavior. And a lot of people were speculating on what the comments were. The Tigers weren't saying anything. They weren't going to repeat it or anything. But Bazio did an interview with USA Today in the last couple of days where basically his version of the story is that he was having a conversation with someone on his staff about a pitcher named Daniel Stumpf. Daniel Stumpf is a raging ginger. He's got pink skin, red hair. He's just He looks like something that, that was in a cave up in Ireland somewhere and had never seen any sun. And it's like Michael Rappaport with Down syndrome. Okay, yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, the comment was uh, apparently directed at someone who had asked about how Daniel Stump's uh, rehab was coming. He hurt his uh, shoulder, his elbow, something like that. He was on a rehab outing. And Bazio said, oh, you mean Spider Monkey? That's his nickname on the club. They call him Spider Monkey because of the faces he makes while he's lifting weights. Apparently, he looks like a monkey. He makes funny faces when he lifts weights, so they gave him the nickname Spider Monkey. Anyway, one of the protected uh, Negro species staff members overheard Monkey, reported it to the club, and uh, I don't know how he (laughs) sort of uh, uh, implied that he was traumatized by the word, Uh, but the club did an investigation and under their zero-tolerance policy, elected to fire one of the best pitching coaches in baseball the next day, or two days later, whatever it was. And uh, Basio came out, said the comment was, not, was neither directed to nor spoken to the complainant. Had nothing to do with him at all. He just heard the word monkey, took it as a racial slur, reported to the club, and he was fired. Cool. Yeah. So I, I for- now. Yeah, I forget how this was. This this was relating to something we were talking about earlier, but I, I I completely missed the connection. But yeah, that is exactly where we are. We are in. We've gotten to the point where we have abandoned the culture, at least the culture, if not legally, we have abandoned the culture of the rule of law, burden of proof. There is none left between me too and the victim of the week club. There is no burden of proof left anywhere. We have, de- we have descended into a denunciation stage. You know, anyone who wants to present themselves as having, oh, this secret information about somebody who's politically or culturally impure, they can have their arbitrary, arbitrary targets punished without proof now, without any sense of damage being done, guilt, anything. All you have to do is claim it. It's McCarthyism, it's Stalinism, it's denunciation culture. And that's pretty much what happened here. They could not bear the um, potential liability of that story coming out from the employee and having a backlash from the, the, the drooling mob against the club. So they have this no tolerance policy where they just will not endure even the controversy. They will get rid of the employee, regardless of whether it's factual or not. Right. I mean, it was a, it's a business decision, right? <laughs> the negative press would affect their bottom line. Pretty much. But that's where we are. We don't give a shit about facing your accuser. We don't give a shit about the rule of law, burden of proof, any of it. All you have to do is make the denunciation. You have to denounce someone. There will be punishing repercussions for it. That's where we are. So this is so, so, so thanks, I guess, to, I mean, Roseanne. Yeah, I would say thanks, Roseanne. 
now now any 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 phrase description that uses the word monkey unless you are literally talking about it's the a monkey it's the com- comparing yeah. it to nobody yeah comparing the monkey to not even another monkey it's he like was direct- he it's, was directing it at a fucking green, a ginger <laughs> had nothing to like, do with a black person at all it's like, it's like thug yeah. you know it's it's it oh well that's everybody knows that's that's dog whistle racism if you say it to a black person or about a black person, yeah, but this wasn't even directed at a black guy. No, I'm no, I, I, I completely understand. I mean, one of the things we're going through in Michigan here is they're rewriting the uh, social studies books, and there's like a group of twenty people, and there's a few conservatives, and they're lobbying for this is this this is how this madness has spread to everybody all over the place. You have conservatives now using PC culture to twist shit. They're, they don't want social studies books in Michigan to mention the word slavery. They want to say they were, it was forced immigration. <laughs> the thing about this story that got me, uh, that really pissed me off the most, and it ties into the Me Too thing, was there was a nationally known, it might have been Jaffe. I don't remember, I don't remember if it was him. I don't want to tar him with... Uh, our millions of listeners, if it wasn't him, but I think it was, who shared um, Bazio's story at USA Today uh, on Twitter and said, I don't know about any of you guys, but I, I'm glad that the Tigers chose to side with a lowly clubhouse worker over a rich pitching coach. That was justified, the firing or the complaint or anything, just that the club took his side over Bazio's. And this ties in directly. It's the same language you hear from the Me Too people. Well, I always believe the woman, regardless of the facts behind the denunciation. I always believe the woman. Oh, it's better to err on the side of good. No, motherfucker, it's, it's not. There's a reason that you're allowed to face your accuser and have a burden of proof brought. It protects you, motherfuckers. Well, I always believe the woman unless it's Sarah Sanders. <laughs> Or Trump supporting woman. Or Anya, Basically, whatever the fucker name is. Yeah. Always always believe the woman as long as she's on your side. Right. But yeah, you, you, you see where I'm going with this? This is, this is the denunciation yeah, shit. This is the denunciation shit I keep talking about with McCarthyism. All you had to do was say someone was a communist. No proof. No membership card. Anything. Blacklisted. Boom. Done. It's the same thing that happened in Stalin's Russia. All you had to do was you could go and you could say that, oh, my God, this person was one of the uh, moneyed elite before the revolution. Proof or not, gulag, or at least unemployable. Couldn't work. This is, the, this is where we're headed. We're not headed there. We're there now. It's just only in a couple of areas right now. But when the culture breaks down, the culture, the rule of law culture breaks down, how <laughs> people, people bask in it. They have that power. To punish the people that they disagree with or that disagree with them just by simply making an accusation. This is dangerous shit. And it's crumbling right before our eyes, man. This is shit people have been warning others about for decades now. When the, when the, excuse me, when the, when, when Bush one was in office and they were ramping up for the 92 election, the Democrats were, and they introduced into the, the, the public's mind in vocabulary, the term politically correct, and started pointing out everything that wasn't politically correct, mm-hmm. a.k.a., uh, uh, oh, shit, Potato Boy, Vice President 
under Bush Quayle. one. Dan Quayle. Yeah, Dan, Quayle. Dan Quayle's talking about, you know, Murphy Brown, a fictional fucking sitcom character being a single mother. You know, well, that's not politically correct. You can't say that. Oh, like, the family this, values. Yeah, I mean, all this, this started then, and it, it was amazing to me because I remember clear as day, very liberal artists, actors, actresses, musicians saying, this is a really dangerous territory we're wading into, guys, because this could get out of control real fucking easy. And if you need any proof that the left is capable of letting shit like this get out of control, look at the PMRC and what we just went through in the late 80s with them. And everyone, no, that's that slippery slope argument. That's a logical fallacy. You don't know what you're talking about. Shut up. More intelligent people than you have thought this out. And here we are now to where it's not even words that have a derogatory meaning in the context they're being used. It's just, well, that word bothered me. That's exactly, exactly. So I can, I can tell you this. Uh, this isn't coming right now anyway. This deluge and this avalanche isn't coming from the right. And considering I am a white guy, and I find things to be much more important than children being locked up at the border who are trying to get into the country. I, I sympathize for them and I support them, but I find that things like that to be far down my list of priorities from things like free speech, the rule of law, unity via division, and out of control. Almost, maybe not quite yet, but this is borderline persecution feminism. I find these things to be far more important than little boys and girls put into jail cells at a military base because their parents decided to cross the border illegally. Well, that's the beauty. It's the beauty of the social engineering that's being done, whether it be through the universities, whether it be through the internet, whether it be through these, these, you know, radical websites who, who, you know, anything that's not, you know, I, <clears throat> one of the, <clears throat> excuse me, one of the websites that I was on researching a story for another podcast, I do, you know, big old article. If it ain't queer, it ain't right. Right. And I'm like, huh? Wait a minute. So everybody needs to be gay. You understand that we would die out in one generation if everybody started fucking everybody the same and only fucked everybody the same sex, right? You, that, that's not how, that's not how this world's going to sustain itself. I mean, if they, if, 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 at least if that was coming from a nihilist, like, you know what? Humanity sucks. So everybody just start having gay sex and we'll be done with this fucking experiment called humanity in like one generation. I would at least go, eh, that makes sense. But these are people like pushing an agenda that I'm like, wait, what? Do you, wait, how, what? I don't understand that. Yeah. If it ain't queer, it ain't right. Huh? I don't and, understand. You know, Go ahead. You, you, read, you read a Vice article and it says, you know, having anal sex with your, your male friend, it doesn't make you gay. Okay, it might oh not make God. you gay, but it makes you bi. Yeah, you're pretty gay. Yeah, so that's not like the definition of gay. <laughs> I guess I mean, only, only, if you're, only if you're anally penetrating a male. What if you like it up, getting it up your girlfriend's butt? I guess then you're bi. Whatever. But I mean, it goes, it goes back to that, that article Christ. from... Uh, what was it the root that from last year that I, that I that we talked about how you yeah. know they 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 attacked they said straight black men are the new straight white men right. in today's society and I was like wow really so, how do you 
how do you, you're, how not do you pre- you're not oppressed enough if you're a black guy? How do you rationalize then that if these are the kind of arguments that are make that are that people are making? How do you rationalize that something that replaces the white male patriarchy is going to be any better than the white male patriarchy? If this is the kind of logic and radical thinking that they're sort of deluging and inundating themselves with, how is this going to be any better? If these are the people that are spearheading these equality movements, come on. It's not gonna, it's, it's not gonna, it's just gonna be the same kingdom with different looking kings. Yeah, it's it's not gonna be any better. It's just gonna be their turn. Rich talks about it all the time. It ain't about equality. It's about, it's our turn now. Right. Well, remember, remember when we were younger, like there was, it was joked about, but I mean, I, I truly believe a lot of people, especially older people believe this, that, you know, if, if women historically were in power, we wouldn't have all the war we have because women are just more peaceful creatures and they, yeah. they want to they fix things and they're more nurturing. And then you see from both sides of the political spectrum, women in power. And the two examples I'm going to use is Margaret Thatcher and Hillary Clinton. Ruthless as any other politician sucking wind on this rock right now. That's, that's, what, they, that's, what, that's what one was and what one is. One is so ruthless and is so petty she's willing to drive her own party into the ground and keep driving a wedge in between it and fuck her own party that propped her ass up to get her not one but two shots at the presidency because she's so bitter she didn't win she can't just ride off into the sunset and take that democratic national committee retirement and live off her clinton foundation profits no no she's got to She's been on a two-year two-year book tour, basically, saying it's sexism and racism and every other reason she lost. It's not because she was just a ruthless bitch and people were like, no, I'm sorry. We don't want Margaret Thatcher, the American version. We're good. Thank you. Yeah. But it, what, it, ultimately, it's like, okay, I so... If I did it. If I did if it. I, yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, ultimately, it's gotten to the point. And, and Todd, you called this you called this months ago. You know, the, the whole thing with, with uh, the lead singer from Tool, Maynard Keenan. Yep. You know, he gets, he gets accused anonymously on social media. And except for the people who are, you know, you always believe the, the, the woman, it's been a pretty much a, eh, and it, did you cut, you're doing it anonymously via right. the internet in the, in the Me Too Time's Up era? Right. Are you kidding me? Nope. Like, <laughs> wait, chicken shit, what is your problem here? Yeah, and it's. I'm sorry. I it, if she was the first one through the wall, she was the tip of the spear, where she was, you know, afraid that an accusation like this could destroy her. And we hadn't, on with almost the last twelve months of accusations flying left and right, and people naming names and coming out and putting their face in front of the camera to do so. Maybe I would have a little bit more sympathy for her, but at this point, I've gotten to like what you said. People were going to get to. If you ain't got the balls to put your face in front of a camera and make the accusation, and by the way, social media shouldn't have been your first stop. The police department should have been. Right. Long time ago. You know, I'm I'm having a hard time. I'm having a hard time, one, believing it, and two, finding sympathy. Yeah. You know what's funny is that most people, 
I think at their core, on some level, understand themselves and they understand human nature. You know, the people will jump on a bandwagon, jump on the hashtag movement and sort of try to exploit it and ride ride the wave to something that will benefit them, right? Most people understand that, that people will do that, right? But it's funny how you conveniently forget that when it serves your agenda. It cracks me the fuck up that no, women would never do something like that. I gotta believe what, what the fuck is wrong with you? Of course they would. But you're, you're, you're willing because you're so blinded by the religion, you're willing to put those blinders on and not even consider the possibility that this is just a bullshit story. The same thing with the people who are, oh, I'm glad they supported the clubhouse worker up there in Detroit. Because there could be some bullshit involved, but you don't care because it serves your agenda and it furthers your, your cause. It just cracks me up that people people are that fucking will, willfully just dumb, and they they expect everybody else to be as well. It's like you, you you challenge that, and they'll 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 attack you for not taking the same line. They want you to be or pretend you are just as stupid as they're acting. I don't get it. Uh, I've just learned to ignore it. <laughs> Quite honestly, like it's, yeah. oh, I, I don't know how you can do that. I mean it. It, 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 there, there. Are, I, 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 I guess I do understand how I, you can, and probably in many ways should <laughs> ignore it these well, days. But that, well, that's I smoke a ton of weed. It helps. Yeah. That, that's it's the thing. Prozac. This kind of stuff where you're not allowed to face your accuser anymore, but you're also expected to pay the price and serve the punishment. That's dangerous shit. Because again, it's just starting here. And once you make that acceptable, and once you put that into the collective consciousness that it's okay to do that, where else does it go from there? Yeah, exactly. Are you, what, in 10 years, are you, you're going to be able to, to, to denounce someone as a Trump supporter from 10 years ago and have them ostracized? When the movement really kicks in, if, the, if the, the pendulum actually sticks to the left and the culture kicks in, you're going to be able to denounce someone as a Trumpist? Oh, Todd, somewhere right now as we're talking, there's a group of people larger than we all would be comfortable with, and we would like to think they are, but they're, they're larger than, they, than, than we want to give them credit for. Who are like, man, in 15 years, we're going to be hunting down Trump supporters like we hunted down Nazis. Oh, I know. I, I've, yeah. yeah. And I mean, that's, it's, it's just, that's the impasse we're at. No, and, and there are people, there are people, now let's be fair about this. There are people on the right, and I've seen it, they are going to be hunting down libtards in 10 years. Okay, let me ask. Obama, we're going to find you. Let me ask, let me ask this question though, okay? Because, you know, I hear that and I'm like, eh, okay. All right, I've seen it. <laughs> yeah. My question is, uh, where then? Then what was go? Where was all this when Obama was in office? Where was this? Oh, you voted for Obama? We get the fuck out of my restaurant. Well, oh, Trump wasn't he, Trump wasn't on the scene for one thing. That that does play into it. Things have gotten a lot more heated and and, and more extreme since he announced his candidacy. So for the vast majority of Obama's term, that we, you just got the monkey pictures and stuff like that. And there were elements, I, I talked about it in the podcast uh, back in 2014, there were militaristic elements, mostly like the sovereign movement, uh, things like I mean, it was there. It was burrowed somewhere deep beneath the Tea Party at the time, but there were those elements. Just they were extremist really. fringes, where they, they were where they belonged, on the fringe. They were more mainstream than they had been in a long time, but yeah. So they were there, yeah, but well, the, it's all bubbling to the surface now. The problem, the problem remains that... Just like in Charlie Leduff's new book, talking about spending time with the KKK, he's like, if you, if you spent time 
with the dozens of people that I did, literally dozens, you would go, what are we afraid of? These are people who can barely wipe their ass with two hands, a flashlight, a roll of toilet paper, and written instructions. I mean, these are the bumbling idiots that we need to play the Benny Hill theme when they go through life. And they're, they're, they're propped up as this, this big boogeyman. And it's... Okay. Where, 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 where is this, you know, like, where are their advocates? Where are the, pe- where are the advocates for these people? You're telling me Donald Trump because he goes... Well, there's good what do you people mean there? on both. Hold on. Hold on. What do you, Hold on. I don't where, know what you mean by advocates. Where are there people in the media propping up the KKK, propping up the Aryan Brotherhood, saying, oh. you know, oh, well, you know, we might not agree with their tactics, but, you know, they, they have some good points. Because anybody who's militant to the left, you get Hollywood, most musicians, except most of the media is going to give you the, the benefit of the doubt, no matter how nutty and extreme your shit is. I, I, I cannot count how many articles I've read from Vice, Huffington Post, etc., etc., saying, well, these people, you know, who go and destroy private property and they attack people they don't agree with, that's wrong, but ultimately, you know, their heart's in the right place. I mean, that's not, that just doesn't exist in the mainstream on the right like it does on the left. I think it well it, I yeah you you probably I think it's it's mostly primarily I, I guess you could say it depends on if you you consider Alex Jones mainstream he's more mainstream than he used to be and I I also think it's a mistake to lump in the white nationalists with all of the patriot movements the the, the militias and things like that. the Hooterees down in Lenawee County here in Michigan a few years ago I don't think they were white nationalists I don't think they were you know running around burning crosses in Lenawee County fields so I think that element I think is naturally will align itself with the patriot movement and the militias and the anti-government, anti-liberal people, like the extremists, they'll naturally align themselves, but I don't think they're related. But, and while I agree with you, my point is the, the people who are opposed to those people, directly opposed to those people, have to lump those, those groups together. So they oh, finally yeah. have a big enough enemy to go, here we go, guys. This is oh, what right. I've been warning you about. You're right. That's how you just, get the you know Charlottesville, a collection of like two dozen people, made out to look like it was five thousand Nazis. I mean, and is somebody has a vested interest in doing this? I'm not, and I don't mean that in like a conspiracy theory, faceless shadow figure. I'm talking about there is a reason that this type of shit is is pumped into our fucking heads constantly. Sure, of course. You want to hear it? <laughs> you need an enemy. You need an enemy to drive the base. And you have to, uh, the more demonic you can make it, the more passionate your base will be. It's pretty simple. I well, mean, I the, thought- and the right does it to the left as well. They, they take the clips of all of these speeches like the, uh, I forget his name, the guy who gave a speech at like University of New Hampshire or something like that and was basically shouted down through the entire thing. They take those clips and hold it up as their own Satan where they can demonize the entire left, the entire far left, with a clip from New Hampshire, whereas the people on the left can do the same thing with the white nationalists. You have to have an enemy. And the, and the, mm-hmm. the scary part is, to, to what end? Because, <laughs> I mean, that's, that's, yeah. that, to me, that's, that's where I'm like, all right, so... That's up to us. Do that's we just kick to, back and wait? No, it's up to us collectively. And how long are we going to let this happen? How long are we going to you know, continue to put the blinders on, put the blindfold on, and listen to what's being whispered into our ear and interpreting that blind reality? 
as the truth. And if we don't ever get through that, there is no end to what, I mean, there, there's no limit to the end. I mean, we've seen this repeated throughout history. And the, the problem that we have that's unique, I think, and I'm, I'm really struggling to figure, to find another example where a country this size, this powerful was this divided and this intently. And that's the scary thing because when you start asking to what end and where does it go and how far does it go, there's no limit, man. It's, it's up to us. How stupid are we willing to be? How blind are we willing to be? How blindly following are we willing to be? And we lost Chris, which I think means we're not recording. No, we should still be recording. I'm still London. Yeah, okay. we're recording. Everything's fine there. My bad. Well, I think... I think a, a you, sure? Te- you sure about that? Yeah, yeah. I just looked. I'm, okay. I, I think a very I'm telling... logged into the studio. I think a very telling piece of, of an article you shared in the group chat... From the uh, from the Guardian, the one about how the Red affair broke America's civility wars wide open is the first paragraph, which is a refugee from what is now South Sudan remarked to compatriots recently that America increasingly reminds them of home, mm-hmm. where we have ethnic tribes. Here's uh, here's here's a buzzword that if you listen to us, you have heard it for months now. Ideological tribes. Been hearing from me for years. <laughs> it's just. It, 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 maybe, it, maybe it takes an outsider to walk in and go, whoa, what the fuck? I mean, I really agree with him or, or disagree with him. I, I really do truly believe that was when Jordan Peterson was on Bill Maher and he said, what are you going to do to bring these Trump supporters back into the fold when Trump is done and over with? I really think he was trying to, as an outsider, as someone from Canada, not an American citizen, go, do you understand how fucked it is right now? Right. When we, when, when we are worried just by virtue of sharing a border with you, that should tell you something. And you right. people are just running around with your hair on fire, acting like everything's just fucking hunky-dory. And this is, this is, this is the everyday politics of America. And this isn't. This has gone so far over, so far beyond what I've ever thought I was going to see in this country with my own eyes that I, I'm, I'm, I'm there with Chris, man. It's at a point I just have to go click and disconnect and go, I yeah. can't do it. I cannot, I cannot physically well, do it anymore. Well, no, you, you, you should. That's, whoa. Well, your air conditioning works. <laughs> Holy shit! You came in a lot. Came back in a lot louder. It's all like background noise. You yes. Be careful! Don't scream Chris? at me. There we go. How about now? That's okay. Better. Wow. <laughs> Still recording, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah, cool. yeah. yeah. Anyway, to... you should. You you were saying you sh- he should what? What should he do? He should disengage, or he should he should engage. Oh no. Uh, <laughs> I guess because we have this uh, news constantly at our fingertips, both on TV and in our Twitter feeds and on Facebook, it's it's almost cast as a sin to tune out. Yeah, but it, that's I mean, you should be aware of what's going on in your country. You shouldn't be obsessed with all the minutia of every little battle. Right, and stop. I mean. Sure. You know, if you're a liberal, you take heart in little things like the Red Hen incident or uh, the the protests that happened uh, just today. 
uh, quite a few people and even some representatives gathered together to protest the treatment of kids at the border. But, you know, if <laughs> if you're having trouble with the Trump presidency, strap in because you're only a quarter of a way into it. If if the recent Yahoo poll is any harbinger of what's to come in 2020, 30, it was like 32% or 33% of people would like to see Joe Biden run it. Mm-hmm. And guess who was the runner-up at 18%? Just guess. Trump? Al no, Franken. No, run against Trump. Oh, oh against, against Trump. Yeah, Bernie? 20, uh, run no, against. Bernie was 16%. Hillary was 18%. If it wasn't Jesus Bernie, I knew Christ. it was Hillary. The, the Madge of Edge 2020. And then it was Elizabeth Warren. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. Same, same candidates. Same, the same collection of failed candidates from the last time. Right. You've learned absolutely nothing. You've had two years to put together a plan. Let's do it over. It'll turn out better this time. We're going to do the same thing, expect a different outcome. You know, one of the, one of the things that I, I, I get to listen to because I listen to NPR is, I get to listen to an NPR, let's just drop all pretense, they very much lean to the left, let's just get that out there. Yeah, they have yeah. a talking head every once in a while from the right, but whatever. What? Get out of here. But they just, they just, man, they just sit down and mentally dig into a big old steak and potatoes dinner every time they talk about how Trump has fractured the Republican Party. And I just go, what the, did you take a look at the Democratic Party in the last two years? Did you take a look at the Democratic Party in the last election, let alone right now? Who the fuck is... We are two How years out. How about that? We are, we are two years out from 2020. Who's the front runner? Biden? No. Hillary? Oh, please. Bernie? Oh, Trump would love to fucking get some shots in at Bernie. He would love that. He would, he would whip out that socialism and communism card so quick... He'd terrify people even sitting on the fence. And he and he would and he would motivate them, people who just go, I don't I don't fuck politics. He oh man, fuck that. I, I ain't waiting in line for my toilet paper and my loaf of bread. I remember hearing them stories about Russia. We're, we're not doing that just to come out and vote for him. I mean that's 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 the problem here. And the Democrats are doing what? Nothing. They're 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 just spitting into a ceiling fan and, and just, hey, everything's great, wonderful. We, we threw, we got someone thrown out of a restaurant. We have, we, we got, we got a Roseanne off the air. You know, we, well, we chased. Well, no, they're worse. They're fighting amongst themselves. You that's know, what, it, that's it's, what I'm Half saying. of them are going, yeah, we, we uh, tossed someone out of a restaurant. And the other half are going, that's shameful. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm They can't even get their shit together for a message. For right. four months from now, in my opinion, is it's but it like it's it's fine, and there's nothing wrong with what happened in that restaurant. You know, if you don't want to serve somebody for whatever reason, you don't have to. But that's not a political platform. No, that's not what you're going to win in a presidential election on. You know, Donald honestly, Trump is bad. Isn't a strategy. We I think if you're a year and a half ago. If you're a politician, you should be saying, yeah, well, you know, uh, that, that's not us. That's not, uh, that's not who we want to be. We don't want, it, we don't want this. Exactly. Right? Be, better, be better than that which, what, that which you condemn. I Show know you're I, better. Show you're an alternative to that. You know what I was kind of waiting for was someone very high profile in the Democratic Party to come out and just say, look, I don't agree with 
necessarily throwing out someone who I disagree with politically from a business establishment, but that's their right to do so. And if that's how they yeah. choose, that's how they choose to run their business. They know the risks they're taking. They know that they might alienate X amount of their customer base, but ultimately, that's no, that's not a, that, it's not a win, guys. But the gay cake, but the gay cake, Rich. What about the gay cake? What about what about what about? And then once again, if that's how they want to choose to run their business, that's fine. They, I mean, just for someone to, from, I mean, I'm talking someone who it doesn't have to be a rising star, just a high profile person to come out and just say something just with the, the thinnest veneer of common sense attached to it. Instead of, like you said, Aaron, turning inward and arguing about how civil should or shouldn't we be. And it, 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 this is why I look at the Democratic Party and go, you guys are fucking losers. Right. And for the most part, you always have been. You have not elected a truly progressive candidate for president in my lifetime. By any stretch of the imagination, Clinton was not a progressive candidate. Look at his look at his policy when it comes to the drug war. Look at his policy when it comes to immigration. I mean, you really want to look at Obama's record as far as just because they're drone strikes and we didn't see them doesn't mean we weren't over in other countries illegally killing people. Isn't well, Clinton right. the, the one who killed the prisons? They don't even like their own progressives, really. You know, when they lose or eventually get voted off out of office, they're like, "Oh yeah, he was kind of a pussy, wasn't he?" Yeah, right. And I mean, the biggest they, they want a dog to fight for them. That's it. That's it. They this this is the most shocking thing to to divide the Democratic Party. In my opinion, or not shocking, excuse me. I'm not shocked anymore. This is the most asinine thing to divide the Democratic Party that I've seen recently, which is they want to drag Clinton out. The Democrats want to drag Clinton out by the hair on his head and put him on trial in the age of Me Too. And I'm going. They want to right. retroactively prosecute him for the Lewinsky thing? For everything. On what grounds? What are they? What are they yeah, saying? It was consensual. What's the crime that was committed? Are they buying Lewinsky's thing that she was young and impressionable? See, you and, guys are focusing on Lewinsky. You got to fo- you got to look at Paula well, Jones. I don't know what you're talking about <laughs> the other one, yeah. Paula Jones. Um, the, who's the who's the woman? The black woman who said she had an affair with him, uh, and they had a one, kid. The other woman yeah. who said she was the other woman who said that he raped her. All the all the accusations that got swept under the rug when he was governor Broderick. of hey, thank you swept under the rug when he was governor of uh, Arkansas, et cetera, et cetera. They want to, they, for no good reason, pull him out and start this fight up, which is going to further divide their own fucking party. What good does it do? It's going to do, I mean, look, if the, the Republicans couldn't dig up enough evidence to make this shit seriously stick to them, there's no way any of that's happening now. I mean, it could affect hit Clinton's bottom line and, you know, maybe loses some speaking engagements. Well, what if what if what if Hillary runs? That's the first I, I, gentleman, right? It's gonna they're gonna shed votes that way. Well, I can tell you this: anytime, any any time, any time when Hillary would speak about Trump's treatment of women, and anyone brought up Bill Clinton's Clinton's treatment of women, every Hillary supporter I knew said he, Bill Clinton's not running for president. 
that's not going to work in the hashtag me too hashtag times up era folks nope. you can't just sweep that under the rug like you did well even worse he was president like he already was like how does that argument supposed to hold any water but see that's what i'm saying these are it's being it's being litigated today so they were saying that what he did 20 years ago doesn't matter about hillary's uh candidacy today the point is these are people who do not give a shit who claim to want to move the country forward to claim to want to get people like trump and and his ilk out of positions of power in this country yet are willing to sabotage the only viable party to oppose him to prove points that don't fucking matter in the long run 26 years later well you know what you know what it boils down to though and the only thing that really makes sense i guess even in a semblance of logically is that personal identity the identity culture the identity politics aspect of this trumps the actual politics because what they're doing is there this is a way for them to attack the patriarchy you see what i mean and they're willing to do they're willing to sort of chip away at the political plan tactics in order to further their own identity politics their own identity politics does that make sense yeah, that, but but what you just said makes me think a couple things. It makes me think that either one, it's not they don't care about having someone from the more progressive political right. party in office, or two, they don't want to win. They want to constantly be on the losing side because it gives them the victimhood platform. I don't, I don't know. I- I don't think it's a conscious decision. Yeah, I think they do too, but I I think it's more to them about, I don't think they put that much thought into it. A, I think it's just a reaction. Uh, But I think they're more concerned about struggling for power as a gender, as a sex. I'm not going to use the word gender, but as a sex and tearing down anything with a penis to prop themselves up. I think that is far and away, maybe subconsciously, but I think that has far more of an impact on their behavior, their voting habits, who they're going to support than the progressive utopian platform, which makes me even more terrified of that feminist utopia. Then then the reality of their actions are they're doing more harm to their own cause than good, and they, they either don't care or aren't self-aware enough to understand it. It's B. I think, you know, <laughs> they, they're doing more harm to their cause only because their base isn't as big as they think it is, right? They're, they're eventually going to alienate a lot of people who they could have rallied to their cause. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, their tactics are the same as the conservatives who put Trump in office. It's just that they managed to kind of all get together. They managed to actually organize Show me how the tactics are. I'm trying to figure out how you see the same tactics Trump used. Specify that for me. Well, I don't know. I I guess I struggled to come up with specific examples, but really, I mean, you have conservatives want to to mold this country Mm -hmm. into their ideal of it, what, what they think it should be. And that tends to be based on tradition, what we have been in the past. 
where we come from in in their eyes. Progressives, uh, they want the same thing. They just have a different vision of what the world could be. And it's not based on the past. It's based on this ideal that no human has achieved almost, right? It's called (laughs) utopia. Right, right. The the idea of utopia. That's that's kind of what it is. So how are the tactics the same though? How do you how are you seeing the the uh the I don't know if you call it a campaign or a propaganda, but however you whatever you you said that you saw the tactics being the same as just just broadly connect that for me because I'm not sure I understand where you got the I, idea from. I can I can take a swing at that pitch and I can just say real quick disregard facts and the facts are what the party states, aka Trump gets up. No, that's not the truth. The truth is what I say. And these people, they don't have necessarily the figurehead like Trump for them. Yet. But they get up. Yet. Yes, I, I, I totally acquiesce to that point. But they get up there and they go, eh, the facts aren't what, you know, two plus two don't equal four. It equals five because we say so. Is that what you're getting at? You think it's a post-truth kind of thing, Aaron? I think that's one aspect of it. I mean, I don't know. I mean, give me any example of uh, a Trump tactic, and you can find the exact same thing happening on the left. In the same way that even though uh, conservatives deny it and and make fun of liberals for playing identity politics, they're playing the same identity politics, just with different identities. Absolutely. Yep. And that's one of the most maddening things. It's one of the most maddening things about listening to Jordan Peterson talk when identity politics come up because he savages the right for playing the game just as much as he savages the left, but no one ever brings that up. No one, not his detractors, not his defenders. For some reason, it's like a fucking... Oh, there's a definite reason. Nobody on the left is ever going to mention that because they are terrified of him and they don't want anybody going to check him out. They don't want anybody sniffing up his leg. They want to demonize him and basically spray progressive raid on his body. And if you were to say that he does the same thing to the right, people would go check it out. Well, I mean, like I said, the political correctness has spread to where both parties uh, use and abuse it. Like I said, we have 20 people debating this state of Michigan right now, whether they're going to call slavery forced immigration. Right. And they're right wing. These, this is a, this is a right-wing think tank that introduced this idea. That is asinine. Mm-hmm. That is, you are kidding me. That is equivalent to, what do you do? I pump gas for a living. You're a petroleum discharge engineer. <laughs> well, it's, it's George Carlin's. You want a good eight minutes of your life to be spent, dear unregimented listeners? Google euphemisms and George Carlin. It exactly. is one of the best pieces of audio you will ever listen to. I promise you, you will thank me later. Just send money. It's cool. But do it. it and I mean, you know, the, the, the triggered used to be an insult from the right to the left. Now it's an insult back and forth. Snowflake. You, I see people on yeah. the left calling people on the right snowflakes as much as I well, see this it is, in the reverse. Right. I mean, there's a lot of the childish tactics, but I guess what I was referring to is more of like a big Trump tactic is fear. Right. Well, that's, and, of course. And yeah. Let's. That goes for, for any politician, I guess, if, the, if you want to use broad enough terms like that. But, you know, Trump uses fear of immigrants, fear of people from other cultures coming in and, and making this country into something that isn't the pure white America that you think it should be. Right. This ties and, into what I was saying earlier about every ideology, every religion 
needs an enemy, needs a devil. To be why? Why? Why right. is that? It's because you need to make people afraid of the alternative. Right. So that's that goes it, both ways. It, I mean, I, I'll agree with that, but I don't think that's specific to Trump and the um, Me Too, the feminist, whatever the fuck we're talking about. <laughs> I'm not trying to pin you down. I'm not trying to to play like semantic games with you. But I, I'm 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 really it's something triggered the thought where you thought that the this leftist group the. Uh, I don't even. Who were we talking about? <laughs> I have feminists I, that's, in my head now. That's, that's the thing. I guess it's radical connected. feminists. Radical yeah, feminists. something something connected what they're doing with what Trump does in your mind. And I'm trying to. I'm legitimately trying to see where where the connection was made. That's all. I'm not trying to get you to. I'm sure you're right. I just. I, I'm trying to really authentically understand specifically what you were thinking of. Well, I don't know. I. <laughs> <laughs> I DM me on that if you want to. That's fine. I, I we we don't have to spend too much time on this, but uh, well, I, I will th- say one of the things I think is very funny, amusing, funny in in, in that I've read recently is um, it's Pride Month and there's been march, you know, gay pride parades and marches and stuff, you know, all over the country. And apparently there was a rift in one of the Pride marches in one of the major cities to where part of the participants didn't want police, even if the police were part of the you know LGBT community. They didn't want them involved in Pride because Pride was started by a gay black woman and police have subjugated uh-huh. gays and black women. Yeah. And, so, and so, hold on, hold on. Here's the language that was used <sighs> that made me fall in love with this story for just how asinine it was. These are people who walk around constantly talking about they want to tear down tradition. Mm-hmm. Everything's a social construct. These, tra- these they, why is why do we honor these traditions? They're outdated. Yet these very people who say those words in the next sentence, excuse me, not sentence, next paragraph when they brought this, the fact that police, gay police, were in the pride parade said that. The Pride Parade is traditionally anti-police. <laughs> traditional. <laughs> yeah, nice. And we need to keep that tradition going. Do you remember, uh, it was last week, I think, and the week before, I mentioned when, you, when you're talking about tradition and how we typically have done things and established institutions, things like that, I was talking about being careful of destroying theology or literal religion because of what replaces it. This is a perfect example of that. Where we're going to get rid of this and replace it with our version of the same fucking thing. That's what is, that's what's dangerous about eliminating and just, just throwing out every established institution and tradition you have. Because people who want to do that want to, you have to have something there. You have to have some basis, some social structure to go by. And the people that want to completely eliminate things like religion, as we saw with Stalin, and other people, I think, uh, Khmer Rouge in Cambodia as well. When you eliminate that, when you eliminate, the, you go off and ex- go as far as execute educated people. It's because you want people who are either or who are reeducated, or you want to replace that theology with that theology that puts you at the center of it. Right, and you know the word traditionally is kind of a, a tell there. It's hilarious. I mean, well, first of all, if you're if you're claiming to be a progressive organization and you start your argument with the word traditionally, then something's wrong there. Yeah, you're trying. But, you're, you're substituting your own. R- right. You're you're saying that yeah, that 
this is the new system that you should trust in. Totalitarianism. Mm-hmm. Don't trust. It's not about. It, it's not, I guess in their mind, there's nothing wrong with tradition as long as it's the new tradition that we say what it is. Right. And yeah. not the old tradition. Yeah. It really is. It's, 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 it's totalitarianism. I mean, it's, it's, it's a new way to look at that word, but that's exactly what it boils down to. Mm-hmm. Our way or no way. Yours is unsuitable. We'll replace it with ours. Well, just more proof of my theory that right. we have a generation coming up that just irony is lost on them. They, they're not aware of it at all. No Why idea. Why would they be? There's nobody pointing it out in their bubble, and they're not having conversations with anybody else but themselves. Well, that's that's. Uh, uh, I really, I really hate to bring this up, but it's, it's. I, I clearly remember it. I clearly remember bristling at this. They were pumping this into our heads post nine eleven. You know, did the age of irony die Tuesday morning, September eleventh, two thousand one? Is there no place for irony in this world anymore? And I'm like. What the fuck? Really? Really? Was that, I, what, what context was that? I don't remember that. What context? Like comedy? Comedy, uh, entertainment, hmm. you know, television, art, novels. Uh, yeah, movies, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, okay. You know, the whole, the whole, the whole shebang. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, I, if that was the case, why didn't it die in 93 with the World Trade Center bombing? Kennedy. Yeah. Or the Civil War, <laughs> you know. I mean, what if it's, if something horrific happens and all of a sudden we lose a, a major part of of the human experience? Then we should just be robots at this point. I mean, how much yeah. horrible shit's happened in the history of humans? Yeah, and I said it, this. I, oh, sorry. Go ahead. It, it, I, I don't. It, it, to to say irony's lost on them. I, I mean, I, I Chris, I. To an extent, I agree with you, but I also, I mean, and I used to, I used to pound that drum really hard. I don't think it's lost on them. I think they just very self-awarely pick and choose what they're going to pay attention to and everything else they dismiss because they have no use for it. I mean, that's one of the things I, I keep hearing the more I read younger and younger, uh, writers, with with articles or, or opinion pieces is everything old needs to be replaced and we know what it needs to be replaced with and the arrogance of it makes me laugh the genuine sentiment behind it kind of scares the shit out of me well that's the, again there's history for that and that's the that's the impetus behind the engine behind stalinism and bolshevik the bolsheviks tearing down the evil system and replacing it with our uh, carefully crafted philosophy of society, utopia. See, this is the thing that I really liked about Jordan Peterson in the book that I read, the, the, the I don't know, 12 Steps or whatever the fuck it was called, uh, that he really carefully outlined and articulated why tradition is important. It's not just the, the idea of a social system. It's collected wisdom. We figured out how to live over several thousand years, and this is what we came up with. This was people who lived before us, who had more experience, more life experience collectively, Learned. You know, it's, you laugh. You know, you can you can scoff and you can dismiss the Bible however you want to. That's what that text is two thousand years ago and moving well, forward. Well, right. I mean, look at how 
powerful that is, though. I mean, not yeah. only uh, look, stories are how we pass on our traditions and it's how our- we pass on our, our experiences. And the Bible has like the ultimate stories in them that we are still picking apart. Yeah, they're parables. make new stories out of. Yeah, yeah, and that's, that's, I mean, for thousands of years, again, I was talking about, like, we were wandering, you know, we, we got into that really cool, that was an awesome conversation we had last week, by the way. Go back and listen to last week's episode, kids. It was awesome. But we were talking about, <laughs> biologically, how we were, we're only for 5% of our existence, essentially, have been socialized, domesticated, right? Before that, we were wandering. Well, the, the, right. the same thing ties into storytelling. That's how we naturally, biologically learn to convey wisdom from one generation to another. Stories. And we've, we've established that into, tra- into traditions. Now, some of them are outdated, sure, but the whole, you, you, these people want you, just as, the, just as the communists did after the revolution in Russia, they want you to dismiss everything you know, everything we have collected collectively, and replace it with what they've put down on paper. And it fails miserably every fucking time. Misery, pain, depression, bloodshed, all of it, man. It comes with that because it does not take into account. It, it eliminates everything we've already learned and does not take into account human nature because there's never been a control study of human nature within the new structure. I think this is, this is just my personal thoughts on this. When, we, when I was growing up, I would read Huck Finn... I would watch old movies, whether it be you know, Gone with the Wind, whatever. Especially in the South, they used to show the, uh, the uh, oh shit, was it Amos and Andy show on TV still in the, in the early 80s. And I would watch it and I'd be like, wow, this, this shit's pretty racist. Right. But I also understood it's of its time. Right. I can't hop in a time machine, go back and drag these people from 50, 60, 70, 80 years ago to, to the modern day and hold them and put them on trial for it. And I understood the context of these stories being told in the time they were told. And I was able to, I was able to realize as a child that we have evolved. We still have our problems, but we have evolved and progressed beyond that mm-hmm. for the most part. And I think it's a failure on our generation, Generation X, and I think it's a failure on the tail end of the baby boomers who, who our two generations are responsible for the raising of millennials. I think it falls on our shoulders that we haven't got that across to these, to these people. These people just think, oh, that's racist. That's from back then. So that means... Scrub it. We need, we, yep, just get it out of here. Yep. And it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. We failed. And... <laughs> Part of the problem is we want to tell them they're wrong, yeah, but we don't give them an example of why they're wrong. Right. And we're talking millennials are now into their late 30s, the oldest of them. Mm. These people are set in their ways at this point. Right. Think how hard it is to change a habit you've developed in a span of 5, 10 years. Now times that by a lifetime so to them. That's why it's hugely important to get them young. And I mean, it's... it's it, right. Well, you know, it's not... It, they're not always wrong, right? I mean... That's how we get change well, the in, wrong part. in any society, right? It's that somebody, that generation comes along and goes, these traditions are ridiculous, and we need to get rid of some of these. No, they're not, they're not right? always wrong. You're absolutely right. But what's, what's but, wrong is to scrub but, it and pretend well, that it doesn't exist and, and to pretend right. that, 
that it, it should just be put away in a closet. I mean, Stalin did that as well. He took people's photographs. He had photographs doctored after they fell out of his graces to pretend that they didn't exist because he didn't want that past, that part of the historical record on record. Yeah. And that's kind of what they're doing. You know, the old racist cartoons, the Bugs Bunny cartoons, where you had somebody in blackface doing a little dance. You know, they wanted, you can't get those on YouTube now. But, right. So when you throw everything away, then you end up making mistakes that previous generations have made before. Right. There's no contact. Right? All those yeah. mistakes that were in those, all those tragedies that we enjoy to this day, all those stories are just being dismissed out of hand. Right. So that these future generations can make the same mistakes over and over again. Aaron, what was they're the point of all these these uh, parables that we passed down. Right? Oh, that was kind of that. That was kind of how I felt with the what was it last year? What was the hot shit taking down all the statues? I was just thinking about that. Yeah, it's like so. Did yeah. it change history? No, no, it didn't. But the, you know, the statues should go. It, it doesn't change anything. But, but that is but, one instance where, like, it, this was positive change, right? The whole reason that these statues were put up was to instill fear and to remind people where their place was. Is that the whole reason, or was it to? That instill? is the whole reason. No, it, no, it's not. It was put up right. in places like in places like Nobody Savannah. Nobody gave a shit about whether there's a statue of any Civil War general <sighs> before. The civil rights movement started. It was a it was a point of pride for people in the South to look back on the Confederacy. It wasn't just for fear. I'm not I'm not saying it wasn't wasn't partly that so that black people would remember their place, but it was also a point of pride for people who lived down there, white people, proud people who were proud of the Confederacy. Uh huh. Okay, but hold on one hold on one second. Wasn't just a policy that instills fear in black people because Aaron is kind of one and the same. I'm just saying it wasn't the only thing. I'm not saying you were wrong. But there was and another component. It all leads back to the same thing. Aaron, you made you you made it. You made a statement slash kind of asked a rhetorical question. Uh-huh. You said, you know, they're not always wrong, though. Why? Why they they might be right in their judgment. What they're wrong in doing is trying to have yet another trial. We've already put these things on trial. Oh, yeah. We've already convicted them, and they're serving their time. They they are now finding out about these things, and they go. I didn't know about this before right now. I'm outraged. Drag him out of his cell. Bring him in here and let's try him again. That's not how I need, it works. I need, I need my satisfaction for this crime that's already been adjudicated. We understand Huck Finn <laughs> and Tom Sawyer, nigger Jim, is not how you refer to a character in a book these days. We have already taken care of that for you. The problem is when you want to reject everything that came before you so much that you say... No, that's not good enough because we didn't get to reject it. Then right. you're wrong. Mm-hmm. Then you're wrong. Well, well, right, but there's a difference between, I mean, if you're just looking at it as like a book or a movie and a statue, they're all pieces of art, right? There's a very, very big difference when you take that statue and erect it in a public <gasps> square. That sends a certain message. I will be completely honest so, with you. This is how I felt about those statues. Why the fuck weren't they built? In the, if you want to build statues and you want to teach history, why the fuck didn't you do it in a history museum or build a museum about the history of the Civil War? Most of those were built to commemorate anniversaries. Like the one, uh, there was a big one that, it was, it was a really ignorant statement that somebody put in a magazine. Well, why did you put it up 50 years later? Because it was commemorating the 50th anniversary of the Civil War. Right. <laughs> you, did you do the fucking math? Well, it's yeah. just like it's just, just like, like, the, like 1910. The war started in 1860. Fifty years, bitches. The attack 
on the the glorification of the South, okay, that, that it started with the statues. If you guys remember, for like a split second, they started trying to somehow equate these statues with Civil War reenactments, like, like battles of the Civil War reenactments. Right. And for whatever reason, thank the deity of your choosing, somebody stood up and said, wait a minute. Now, we all know that that statue was put up for more than one reason, but we understand that statue means something different to whoever depends on is looking at it. This, this is us teaching you history. This is showing you the brutality of war. This is not us glorifying either side. This is showing what Americans did to Americans when they couldn't sit down at the table and have a conversation. This is where it ended up. Do not come after us. And for whatever reason, for the most part, they were left alone. Now, to me, those statues, they fucked up. They should have presented it that way and said, we'll take them out of the public area and we'll put them in a museum. Mm -hmm. And if you want to go learn about them and you want to study it, you can go there and do it. We have a Holocaust museum here yeah. in Michigan. It's not glorifying the I Holocaust. I agree with that. No, I would too. But you, you, I think you're you're losing sight of what that says to people down in the South who live there. I'm not disagreeing. I, I do agree with you. But I, I'm I'm playing devil's advocate here. What does that say to people who live there who are legitimately proud? And there are a lot of them of the Confederate history. I, did I say the same thing? I, if you're proud of a war that you didn't fight in, that you had nothing to do with, that you weren't even breathing when it happened, then you need you need to really get a life. So we should, none of us should be proud of the Revolutionary War. What did we do? Did you get a, did you get a text conscripting you into the army to go fight the war? No, I have a certain amount of pride that uh, we you know took control of our own destiny and shook off an imperial power. I kind of like that. Doesn't mean I had to fight in it to be proud of it. But according to that, I'm, I know I'm playing. I'm I'm, I'm nitpicking I, here. I hear you. Yeah. I mean, it's the same, I, same thing when people go, "Well, if it wasn't for us, you fucking Frenchies would be speaking German." Really, really, the French. I'm going. Th I'm going through my messages from last night. Nothing to help from the French asking for muscle. What did we do? We didn't do shit. Those people did shit. Now, if you want to celebrate them, the people who put their lives on the line, like, which was what we really should do, we should stop looking at it as. America did this. No, that generation of people did that. They did something that I don't know if this generation or any generation since them would be capable of doing again. That's who we should fucking be holding up. And it's just the same way when people go, well, you can't, you know, oh, Germany and the Nazis. Not every fucking German soldier was a Nazi. Not even the majority of them were Nazis. Most of them were told you're going to serve. And they had no idea what the fuck was going on with the Nazis. They were just soldiers. They were conscripted into the fucking military, just like we were. I just, you know, the only thing, I, 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 I'm with you on a lot of this. I, I just have a real hard time of lobbing a judgment bomb on people who are proud of their heritage because we personally find it distasteful. I know. But that heritage is tied in with... Well, that was when black people knew their place. So, 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 like, uh, let's let's use some Appalachians. <laughs> let's let's use the Appalachians as an example. Then these guys are dirt poor. They've never done anything, and they're all moonshiners. They're proud of their pappy and mammy. They've all never right. done anything either, right? They've never done anything that we find personally tasteful. Hey, moonshine's tasty. Fuck you. <laughs> you get my point, though, right? <laughs> I understand. Yes. Yeah, I mean, there. That's important for people. For uh, for a lot of people, not everybody. But heritage and pride in where you came from is important. It's the same thing mm -hmm. when I run into a black person who's like, 
you know, well, your people did this to my people and brought us here and in, 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 in on, sh- on sailboats and we died and had to sit in our own shit and filth and most of us died on a trip over. We were in chains and slaves. I'm like, my people, how far hmm. back are we going to go? Fair enough. Does, does that mean, does that mean as, as, as a person of Irish descent that if I ever go to like London, I can go bomb the Queen's fucking castle? <laughs> because fuck that bitch? Right. No, no. There's a point where it becomes other people's baggage, dead people's baggage. Let right. it die with them. It's okay mm-hmm. to, to acknowledge it. It's okay to go, yes, we, we definitely need to acknowledge it. We need to learn from it. The scary part is the people who, like you said, Todd, want to erase these things from our history. Right, right. And because you know what it does? It erases context. You know, I understood when I watched the racist Bugs Bunny cartoons when they were still being played every Saturday morning on television. I'm old enough to remember this. Yeah, me too. That that was not what who we are anymore. That this was something. I mean, I'm talking like 10 years old. I understood that, that this was something that was on TV a long time ago, and we don't do that anymore because progress. It, it's not hard to intellectualize that, and it also keeps it top of mind that you know that. Earlier iterations of ourselves may not have been as savory as the current one, and looking forward, we may look at the, ourselves the same way we look at these racist cartoons. Right. Well, I, try and conceptualize that for from what we're living in the moment. Right. Mm-hmm. Is it? Would you feel the same way if decades from now, you know, <laughs> you're sitting in a hospital bed? And try and trying to look for uh, Bugs Bunny cartoons that remind you <laughs> of when you were a kid. Yeah. And you can't find anywhere he's dressing up like a woman. <laughs> right? Right. Yeah. Which he does often like and every very much one. for joke. Right. Very much for joke to oh, like, yeah. you know, trick somebody to like falling in love with them or whatever, mm-hmm. what have you. And now that's like, I don't know, take your pick. It's very transphobic. I got a better one. Pepe Le Pew. Pepe Le Pew was oh, always that assaulting that fucking skunk. Yeah. Or that there cat. you go. There you go. Rapist. Yeah. You know, guys, I'm just curious. Do you, do you think you would look at that and go, well, you know, that's, that's the day that we live in now. And I guess, uh, you know, we were very hateful people back then. Elmer Fudd and Yosemite emotional and physical um, abuse. Um, I, I, how, sorry. Um, then I guess we're gonna have to go back to Shakespeare because he had he wrote plays about people dressing up as the opposite sex. Right. I mean, I how, the cartoon where uh, this is my best friend George. Right. Yeah, how, is that is that offensive? Is yeah. that like it's supposedly <laughs> somehow insulting the mentally impaired? Yes. <laughs> you know, I, when I was a kid, I remember I I remember the the specific cartoon that they took out of rotation on Looney Tunes on Saturday morning, and it pissed me off because it was one of my favorites. It's the one where Bugs Bunny goes to the castle with the mad scientist and the big red monster's chasing him, and he breaks the ether, and then they're running in slow motion and shit because they're high as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> they took that out of rotation because it, they were afraid it would encourage us to do drugs. Gentlemen, I was a pretty young... I experimented pretty young with ju- drugs, and the experiment worked in a lot of cases. I never fucking was like, I got to find me some ether. No, <laughs> in fact, I, I didn't even realize that ether could fuck you up like that until I read Fear and Loathing. And then I, then I was exactly. like, I got to find some ether. <laughs> some of these parents are like, we found this rag under your pillow. What is this? This smells like ether. 
<laughs> Alert her for watching yeah. Bugs Bunny, Dad. That's not Ether, Dad. <sighs> All right, who's, yeah, right. who's manning the topic list over there? I mean, we, we, we had a whole list of stuff. Did we miss anything? I didn't write any of it down. <laughs> I think we, we, we hit everything we needed to hit, I believe. I thought there was some one other thing. There was. Yep. I'm doing a quick scan here of the, the group well, chat. We're at three hours right now. Are we? Okay. No, nah, not quite. Oh, what a, you know, give us 45 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at the time code. But <laughs> oh, I, you know what? How about this? Quarter, we didn't start at 815. How about this? this we just this. started the recording, right? When, when he start, did the intro, and it's at three hours. Well, wow. I, I, how, about, how about this oh. real quick? Because uh, this is something. Sure. Gaslighting you, Aaron. <laughs> this is some. This is something I find just constantly fascinating about. I guess people. I can't even really say America because this is just. A, it, it's not unique to America whatsoever. It's just people. Joe Jackson, and not. I can't believe she's going out with him, Joe Jackson. Right. <laughs> We're talking the first man to successfully beat the black off his own child, Joe Jackson, <laughs> died, and the praise is being sung to this man. Oh, really? From all over the place is kind of shocking to me. Because I, all I can think is that, ma- okay, first of all, Eddie Griffin, one of my favorite comedians ever, had a bit back in the day about how Michael Jackson needs to shut the fuck up because Joe Jackson beat that motherfucker's ass into superstardom. He's like, you're a multimillionaire, go get you some therapy and get the fuck over it. And he basically, now that's a 20 year old bit from his stand up, the Voodoo Child stand up he did for HBO 20 years ago. He basically still said the same thing when he eulogized Joe Jackson on his Facebook page. And I'm sitting here going, wait a minute. Are we really at that? I mean, I know death makes angels of us all to a certain portion of the population. But this man is not something, someone to hold up and, and like pattern yourself after as a parent in my book. Whatsoever. Uh, I kind of revel in the moments when I can be happy somebody dies. I yes. mean, I don't, I don't. I, I don't the world is not going to miss Joe Jackson, ultimately. So it's not just me? It, no. Because, because I've seen a few people speak up, and of course the first thing that happened on Facebook was they Facebook stalked their profile and said, yeah, well, you're a white boy, so shut the fuck up. So I was like, I'm not even dipping my toe in that comment section. Like, I'm not even going to say anything because I know how this is going to go. But I mean, it's just like, really, I, this man fucked all them kids up. Not even arguably Michael the worst. And look at the fallout of the damage he did to Michael. Not just what the man did to himself as far as plastic surgery, the craziness, the I never had a childhood shit. Look at, and somewhere someone's going to scream, he was never convicted. Look at the shit that happened with the children. That that ripples out. And to yeah. me, it's like, how the it, fuck yeah. could you stand up and 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 and, and Say this man is like, oh, he was a great man. He gave us the Jackson 5. No, and you do evil shit like that, it it lasts for generations. Mm-hmm. Used to whip them with a the cord while they were rehearsing their dance moves. Yeah. It's, it's evil shit. Yeah. No, you're not getting an argument from me. I mean, I just, I, I was, I was, you could have knocked me over with a feather, man. I was just like, I, am I missing something? It's the same crowd that was shouting fake news at Michael Jackson's funeral. It's the, the same ilk. Well, here's the thing. I, depending upon the whatever the performer did or artist did, I'm pretty good at compartmentalizing and separating the art from the artist. But I oh, mean, sure. Where's the art in Joe Jackson? 
I mean, <laughs> the art of whooping your children's ass. Right. <laughs> That that wasn't like that wasn't even a chapter in Doctor Spock's book, so I don't understand where the like, who 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 goes. Hmm, I'm about to have a kid. Who should I pattern my 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 my, my parenthood after? Joe Jackson. That's perfect. <laughs> I mean, I I just I can't see it, and I I, I just had to ask. I, I'm like, I know I can't be the only one. And what's no. even funnier is I said I, it at work, and a bunch of the young people said, "Who the fuck is Joe Jackson?" And I was like, "Okay, conversation over." <laughs> Sorry, right. Grandpa's gonna go back in the corner. <laughs> but honestly, I mean, it's it is something that that it, people are still conflicted about. Look at how successful the movie Whiplash was. It's kind of about the same thing, uh, you know, yeah. the, the the same situation. If it takes somebody to be to abuse you to drive you to the point of being the best that, that you can be at whatever it is that you want to do, which is ridiculous right i mean i i enjoyed the movie and i kind of i understood it as like something that i'm sure that this happens in circumstances but i kind of took it as more metaphorically like because it it is true that uh you know pushing up against adversity like that can make somebody stronger but it doesn't have to be some mentor that abuses you or or even your own father in this case well i mean there's also this this Michael could have got he could have got polio as a kid and and survived that. Well, maybe he wouldn't be as good of a dancer, but he would still be a great entertainer, right? He would he would have overcome that and he would have found his way through it with music or what have you. I mean, he was he was going to be something anyway, right? You just don't beat that kind of talent into somebody. Well, I guess it's just because I'm uh, one of the things I've always found myself at odds with is this this idea that you have to pay your dues when it comes to art somehow oh, like right. yeah, you know like you you have to be beaten down and, and held down and prove that you want to be here like danielson wax my car proved me you want to be here like you know it's well, like we, lo- we like luck and we all want to be lucky but really we when we see successful people we want to know that either that they strived they they uh, had moments of failure that they had to overcome something. I mean, it's just a better story. Well, most most artists have that too. I mean, there's a compulsion right. that um, that is. I I think I'm not going to be able to qualify quantify this, but there's there's an element to every performer that has the urge to perform. They have the urge to get in front of people and to do their thing and to be acknowledged for it. Right. I mean, that's the 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 primary thing that gets you to do something creative and share it is the need for recognition, right? So most people, I mean, this is a big thing in the comedy community. You talk to people, the, the comics that I've talked to anyway, there's always something in their childhood right. that was fucked up, that was messed up, some sort of struggle that made them feel sort of inferior, I guess, or uh, needy in the sense that they had to get adoration from a crowd. And that, a lot of times, was the impetus to create something entertaining so they could get something from performing. Well, I, don't, I don't know of too many people who are really well-adjusted artists. <laughs> yeah. Well, no. <laughs> on, uh, on Terry Gross's show on Fresh Air, she's interviewed uh, many different types of people. But when she talks to artists, especially, well, I guess not so much the, the performing arts, but more like... Uh, you know, like writers and, and painters and, and stuff like that. And I can't remember who she had asked about this kind of point blank, but 
She was like, you know, a lot of the, the common elements that I see in the stories of these people is having to overcome something in their childhood. Uh, like, well, a good example that I can think of is Frida Kahlo, you know, who really started to blossom as an artist after being in a horrible accident that left her practically in traction for months, mm-hmm. just laying in bed. I didn't think it, laying in bed for months and there's no fucking internet even. Right. There's, <laughs> there's nothing. <laughs> there's a TV, but there's nothing fucking on it. You don't have and a she, phone to keep you occupied. And she like obviously didn't take up the waxing, ceiling for hours. She obviously didn't take up waxing eyebrows as a hobby. <laughs> well, you know, there's somebody else that that makes me think of is um, <clears throat> it's not in the entertainment field, but it's sort of a genius in creation in his own right. Is Stephen Hawking? Yeah. Or he had he he was confined. He couldn't move. He was confined to his mind all the time, and look what he did with it. Mm-hmm. You know, come on, coming up with that sort of outlet, that 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 right. something he, that that plays in there, using the the unfortunate event to fuel something else. And he was certainly a genius before he was ever stricken with illness. Sure, sure, but, but he could have just given up. <laughs> you know, he, and not he could have, but yeah. instead his mind got stronger. Right. Well, yeah, well, he he channeled it. Well, one of the one of the posts. I saw recently, it wasn't necessarily referencing Joe Jackson and the Jackson children, but it said about to be a parent and I'm terrified. I'm terrified that I'm not going to beat my child enough to the point where they have a good sense of humor. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. I was like, fair enough. Beat the humor into your child. We have... We have titled the podcast this week. Well, I mean, I, there's, there's a. I have not seen it yet. I, I, I have to track it down. But there's a documentary about um, Robin Williams, and they talked to like Billy Crystal, people who knew him, like were friends with him, not just people who mm-hmm. worked with him on a movie or two. Right. And apparently, they go deep. I mean, it's not just like you know, okay, well, he had problems with cocaine, and he was, and then he got clean, and and then you know, he had this ailment that no one knew about and then he killed himself no no they go into what made him become that person that he was and how hard it was to constantly have to flip the switch and be on and and other comedians have talked about it it's like it's it is so fucking draining to have to be on all the time once you get that reputation because if you're not everyone automatically assumes the worst so if you're not dancing around and making people laugh and everyone thinks like, oh, my God, what's the matter with so-and-so? Right. And the truth is, they're just being a normal person. I, I don't give a fuck who they... Jimi Hendrix didn't wake up every single day and like go, I just, I need a guitar right now, even before I piss this morning wood away. <laughs> it just didn't... It, that's not the... Re, that is what we want to think of our artists as doing, but that's not the reality of it. And it's just... I, I like I, I yeah a lot of great art is born from horrible childhoods because you do want acceptance or and a lot of the funniest people I've ever met it's a self defense mechanism right right for whatever reason they were singled out they were you know short goofy looking big ears whatever the fuck but they found if they can make people laugh they can You're- deflect away from that yeah, and it, and it actually endears them to other people who would possibly torment them. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, what one one of the it, there was a document or not document. It's a documentary series on Netflix, but 
they were, t- you know, it's about lockup. And one of the guys they were surprised they ran into because this guy, most people in prison are very keep to, you know, not very open. They don't let a lot out. This guy's just cracking jokes and cracking the crew up. And they're like, why'd you do? He goes, this is how I survive in here. If I didn't keep people laughing, I'd be a target. Mm-hmm. He goes, that's what you have to do. Or that's what he goes. That's what I have to do at least. And I'm like, I completely understand that. You know, I, I have in some ways been in that predicament myself and in other ways witnessed other people. Like you put people in a situation where it's like, okay, you better bring something to the table. It's amazing how deep, how deep down people will dig and find something to bring to the table. Right. But yeah, I just, I just had to ask because the whole thing was like, yes, his, he, he raised them kids and into stardom. And that was so great. I'm just like, I am at a loss for even what to say to that. So I just want to make sure it wasn't me. Not just you. One final question before we, before we wrap up, Aaron, this is directed at you. Okay. Um, have you found that hope yet? A tangible example of hope moving forward? <laughs> oh, when he, I, I don't hope know. I find, this was a really dark podcast. <laughs> I, I find hope every day. You know, I, don't, I don't usually dwell on, on all this dark shit. Okay. I'm just asking. Aaron still, is still Aaron, looking for it. Aaron isn't as uh, 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 brooding and pensive as I figured he would be. <laughs> Like, like oh. He's, I'm like, oh, he's a normal guy. Okay, I want him. I want him emo by December. I figure after nine months of podcasting <laughs> with me, I will have achieved my goal and done some good in the world. If you're an emo, just don't don't cut. I I, I've become well, too I've, old to be emo. <laughs> I've uh, I've become jaded about quite a few things in my life, but I don't know. I used to, you know when I was in high school. I was referred to by my friends as perpetually happy. Oh God, I would have hated. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And and sometimes I, you know, I have to admit that uh, that I miss that person that I was. But that person was also severely naive about many things, and that's why he was able to smile through most of them. So yeah. now there is an element to that. I uh, not to put. I, I know you're. I don't want to go too deep and like introspective and reflective on this at the three hour and 10 minute mark but there is an element to you know looking at the positive stuff trying to find solutions finding out what's right finding what's right with things as opposed to just dwelling and compulsively thinking about everything that's wrong all the fucking time you know there are good things out there too right Um, and it's yeah this 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 podcast felt very familiar (laughs) going back to my stuff back in like february and march and it seems like um yeah, I, one of the things that, that struck me was the, the idea that disconnecting and unplugging for a little while can turn the volume down. And it really does help, I think, to even if it's just for a week, to do that, to get the noise out of your head, turn it down from 11 to 2, and realize that, no, the apocalypse isn't nigh. Not quite what? yet. Not quite Come yet. on. Yeah. Well, it's, look, we don't, do this, we don't do this show on a daily basis. Right. It's not like we're doing daily prep. That's it's true. Not, it's not like we're a morning <laughs> drive or afternoon drive show who have to do, you know, have to make them laugh before they turn the, you know, before the next commercial break. That's my so, goal for us, by the way. Sometimes to have commercial breaks. <laughs> yes. Bubba's <laughs> used car emporium having an Impala sale this weekend down at the corner of Nice and Ratchet. Come on down. But no, I mean, I mean like it, it, some weeks you get a little bit more goofy. Some weeks you get like, wow, he's 
did these guys just drink nothing but black as my soul coffee all week? What the fuck is wrong with these guys? It's been a pretty fucked up week, too. So, that's true. Yeah. So thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs> We're on Twitter at UnregimentedPod. You can email us at regimentedacustomedia.net. And you can check out all the other shows there, too. It showed, what, 241? Yeah. Goddamn, we've... That's a lot of free hours of entertainment. So click the donate button. It'll throw us a couple bucks. There's an Amazon link that you can click and bookmark. And yeah. Send me money too, escapingthecave.com. Yeah. I'll, I'll forward it along to Chris. Consider me the, interme- <laughs> Consider me the intermediary. <laughs> Please, for the love yeah. of Christ, I needed to buy a new bike. Come on. Yeah. But uh, yeah, enough, enough begging for commerce. We'll see you next week. <laughs> see you later, guys. Bye. If you like this show, please tell a friend. Please follow us on Twitter and like and share us on Facebook by searching for Christopher Media. You can subscribe to all ChristopherMedia.net shows for free on ChristopherMedia.net. Please make sure to rate and comment on all your favorite Christopher Media shows. Thank you in advance for supporting Christopher Media by clicking on the PayPal button and by clicking through to all the sponsors who support ChristopherMedia.net. Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net. And thank you for listening. Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net.